It's a sled. He's dead. The box contains his wife's head. Vader's his father. They're allergic to water. She's her sister and her daughter. You watched it wrong. I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of ending things. Once I've seen this movie, it stays. It sticks. It lingers. It dominates. There isn't much I can do about it. Trust me, it doesn't go away. It's there when I eat, when I go to bed, when I podcast. It's always there. Always. I've been thinking about it since I saw it. I have so many thoughts. What if these thoughts weren't conceived by me, but planted in my mind, pre-developed? Is a thought about a movie original? Wade once said, Sometimes an idea is closer to the truth, to reality, than a movie. You can write anything, you can shoot anything, edit anything, but you can't fake an idea. The road is mostly empty. It's quiet around here. More so than I anticipated. Well, I can fix that. Hi, everyone. This is Wade. And this is Siggy, and you're listening to You Watched It Wrong, the movie where we, the podcast where we pick a movie, and then we discuss it to death. Pick it over. Someday, someday us, we will make a movie where we discuss a podcast. Just tweeze out all the maggots until <laughs> it is dead. I don't and remember this, saying that, but I appreciate you contributing whatever quote that was to me. No, it wasn't. I just put your name in there. <laughs> I wasn't going to start talking about Jake in our intro. And who's yeah. he? <laughs> so this episode, we're talking about uh, Charlie Kaufman's I'm Thinking of Ending Things, based on the Ian Reed novel of the same name. And I, I got to tell you, uh, wait, I was just going through, you know, the critics have been coming out with their best of 2020 lists over the mm-hmm. last uh, couple months. And so I've just been adding uh, the ones that appear on lots of lists to my letterboxed uh, watch list and was just kind of going through them and and uh, this one when I got to it it really surprised me it wasn't what I was expecting and it really uh, hit me over the head and grabbed me by the grabbed me by the brain there and wouldn't let go of me I, I, I this I've really been stewing with this movie for a while how about you yeah no I I it is certainly going to be a movie that sticks with me for a very long time there's there's much uh, m- much to think about. It's it's I wholeheartedly recommend that anyone who's interested in film, in writing, and especially just narrative in general, they, this is a, this is a must see. Absolutely, as impressed and moved and and haunted as I am and will continue to be by this movie, uh, by the majority of this movie. Um, I, I am sorry to say I, I I don't think the movie sticks to landing, mm. and 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 by definition that means it's a plane crash. <laughs> <laughs> so I I have a this gets I think this and a movie I watched today called uh, Wild Goose Lake I think are nominees for my Drive Award, which is the movie I give the award I give every year to the movie that. Three quarters of the way through, I'm like, this movie is made for me. Like, I am adoring every bit of this. And has a lot of driving. And then, and then something happens. And yeah. And then something happens in it to where I, 
I, it, it devolves to a point where I can't even recommend it to anyone. Mm. So <laughs> that's, but having said that, I, I do think that, and, and I'm, 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 I'm going to have a hard time trying to see how I approach discussions of this movie today because I admire and am enthralled by so much of it. But I feel like I'm going to be talking more and more about how I view movies in general than this particular movie because this movie has forced me to consider th- how I view things. So okay. it's been very, very interesting how we get into this. Wow. All right. Um, it seems like a movie that invites uh, pulling in outside sources uh, and uh, <laughs> layering them into the discussion. So. Uh, all right. right, well, let's go with this. Um, it's a movie that has a very kind of, um, strangely, a very kind of serpentine quality to it, even though it has a very, uh, kind of like Mad Max Fury Road, where it has a very linear, <laughs> they drive one place and then they drive back. But it uh, is filled with curly cues and cul-de-sacs um, along the way. That would be a great uh, movie marathon of movies just where someone drives somewhere and drives back. Yeah. So we got two. Straight line movies, we could call them. <laughs> right. <laughs> One big detour Hot at the dog end. movies. Yeah. Um, okay, so this movie has a very interesting structure. So right off, it starts with this voiceover. I'm not a voiceover fan. I I generally, like, if you can get away with not doing it, don't do it. Like that's. Don't I don't know it. why you saved my life. <laughs> But you got to admit, no one does them better than Charlie Kaufman. Charlie Kaufman, and does anyone read them better than Jesse Buckley? Like this is yes. I she might this might be the best voiceover work in any fiction film I've ever yeah. heard. In nonfiction, it's Samuel L. Jackson and I Am Not right. Your Negro, which is yeah. Morgan Freeman, eat amazing. your heart out. Yeah. <laughs> I am not your Nego. That, that's the best. Um, that's the best voiceover mm. work I've ever heard. But the, in a fiction film, uh, this I, this might be my favorite voiceover yeah. ever in terms of just the quality of the the performance and the sound and the way it's layered in and the way it like really adds to the texture of of the movie. I I, I could have listened. I could have listened to that for hours. I, yeah. Could she read everything to me? I wish. She <laughs> Uh, Jesse Buckley should read everything, and um, Olivia Coleman should present everything <laughs> from now on. Uh, before we continue, just again for any new listeners or whatever, this is going to be beyond spoiler-heavy discussion oh, yeah. of the movie. So we, I rec- do not watch, uh, listen to this podcast or watch it until you watch and listen to. Uh, 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 the movie. Well, it would. It well, would you've break already our spoiled hearts. that you don't like the end in this movie. That's more of a tease. Well, okay, that was a you tease. Know, this is, well, yes, but but I, I'm not even. I feel remiss in saying I don't like the ending. I have a very complicated relationship with the ending. <laughs> uh, uh, I I actually, when you break it down, I like it. I just don't think it works. Oh boy. Okay. Ugh. We're gonna right, get so there. We, gotta, we got a long drive to get there. All right. So this opening, we did some shots of beautiful wallpaper. <laughs> inside of this this house that we don't know what that's all about yet and uh and right away like i thought and as soon as i heard the title i'm thinking of anything like oh there's this charlie kaufman movie i'm thinking of anything like oh it's about suicide well i'm gonna save that for yeah. uh 
a night when I'm in the mood to, to weather that storm. <laughs> I had assumed it was going to be all about contemplation of suicide. Yeah, because I'm very was, literal these days, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what it sounds like. So in the beginning, like, oh, it's about ending a relationship. Oh, it's a different kind of movie. Okay. Um, hmm. So, <laughs> so we get the that voiceover segment, and then we get this really great shot. Um, uh, it's full sequence of, of her on the side of the little main street, waiting to get picked up. Jesse Buckley. Um, dressed in like thrift store looking clothes and uh, adorable getting picked up by Jesse Plemons. So what do you think of the casting of two Jessies in the role <laughs> before you, uh, coming it, into it the movie, before you know anything about what's going to happen? Like, honestly, I didn't recognize it until later until I was writing my notes about it. Um, a cynical person would I, I think it invites a cynical view of of this was planned, as and and, and adds to it. It has to think but like it, it was a motivator. You know, <laughs> this might it, it, if if both of them weren't so damn good. Oh, they are. If mo- if both of them weren't perfect for these roles, I might say there's something to it. Like you know how the, they always say, "Oh, you just hired Mark Webb for Spider Man because his last name was Webb," you know that kind of <laughs> shit. But like. No, you hired him because he'll say, yeah, I'll take the fall for your bad decisions. Uh, <laughs> uh, and it. so, and, and so like, um, uh, yeah, uh, Je- I, I've never, I don't think I've seen her in a movie before. I may have. Chernobyl is the only thing I think I've see, seen I, there. I haven't seen it. She's Irish too. Would never have known. No. Um, I mean, I mean, uh, Anyway, she's she's phenomenal, and now one of the people I'm always going to be looking for. Um, Her American Jesse, accent is interesting. It, it, yeah. it drifts around a lot, and it's hard to know how much of that is intentional or not. Exactly. Given the circumstances. It, given the circumstances of the thing. Jesse Plemons is one of those actors that I've... It's weird. I've... <laughs> And maybe it's I have a certain prejudice, I guess, but I, I, I never saw Friday Night Lights. Me neither. The first thing I saw him in was Breaking Bad. And I kind of took him to be like, oh, this is a you know perfect this is a perfect actor for the per, for and role combination. It's like it's not necessarily it didn't it didn't scream talent to me as in just perfect match, right? And then as it went on, I saw just every major director is like dying to cast him and has put him in everything. And he's been from he's been from rock solid to mind blowing. And yet he's fascinating to me because he doesn't have really an expressive face. He doesn't really have an like he doesn't seem to be imbued with the tools. And yet everything he does lands so well yeah. it's almost effortless he, and um, yeah he can have a blank expression that is saying a lot i can't know? remember which director it was but somebody had i forget where i heard it but somebody had said that robert mitchum was shooting some movie and he was uh just having to play cards and he was just sitting there looking at his cards and he would put one down and that's all he did and they yelled cut and the director said bob i don't know if you're the Worst actor in the world or the best because you did nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and like, 
<laughs> literally did nothing in that shot. Well, you know, in like the, in the production right. company credits, you have the Russian experiment of the actor's face intercut with the different things he's looking at and how that imprints mm. different emotions on the on the audience. Right. Oh, yeah. And like Jesse Plemons could be that guy. Yeah. But, you know, I saw um, Judas and the Black Messiah, which is amazing. And he he's in it. And I, I, I felt weird kind of tout coming coming away like going, He's great. <laughs> but like everyone's fantastic I love in it. It's that a, white it's, guy. Yeah, I love that white guy. But like he 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 kind of I'm not saying he I'm not saying that he's better here than in other movies that he does, but Larry's he has a, a level of presence that, that I haven't seen uh uh, this type, this type of performance of his, so before he's really good. I, I, I think he's a phenomenal actor, and I and every time I see him, I go, oh, okay, he, I'm, I, we're in for something. <laughs> he seems to me to have this unique blend of like sweet purity, and I hesitate to say innocence, but like childlike quality, but like a purity to him and sweetness, but also yeah. like a creepy menace. Well, a, All he's at the got same a dist- time. Yeah, he's got a distance to him, and like um, he was in this movie, The Discovery, where he was kind of more of a Lucy kind of like disheveled kind of burnout guy uh, who was still kind of running things, which was a, a different type of role for him. And then he was in um, um, Game Night, where he did exactly what you just descri- described. If you haven't seen Game Night, he's really no. hilarious in Game Night. Oh, really? Um, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's he he plays the creepy. And he plays the neighbor who just wants to come over and play, and they go, "He's kind of creepy," but then he gets involved in the struggles in a, in a very uh, wonderful way. Yeah, he's he's a highlight of that movie, and in, in, in a movie that has many highlights. Um, but yeah, no, both these actors are like I couldn't imagine a better. Like I would have gone, like yeah, and 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 with the with the drive to, I I don't know which one I like better, the drive to the house or the drive away from the house, because they're both shot so different, they're both, uh, uh, they feel so different, and yet it's this, it's just two people. It made me, it made me also realize I, I was, I was, I was surprised. I didn't wasn't aware of the book, and I was surprised uh, not until the end credits, and I was surprised to see that it was based on a book. I'd actually kind of wondered if it was one of his plays, like one of his radio plays. If you could read just the end credits, of the your of eyes it. are better than mine. <laughs> well, <laughs> there was something else that was inhibiting my sight. I'll tell you about that later. Uh, but um, uh, when we get to it, but the um, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of thought just well, this must be one of his plays that he's um, adapted fairly very well to the screen. Um, no, and I, that, I've read the book yeah. since the first time I saw the movie, and they're quite different. the The differences are substantial, right. even though it follows a basic plot. I recently read just today. I read. I've only seen the movie once. You've seen it two, three times. Yeah, now? twice now. Mm-hmm. Twice now. Um, I figured if I was going to do my due diligence for the show, I would see it a second time because this is the type of movie that warrants it. I just didn't. I wasn't ready to take that trip again. <laughs> <laughs> So soon, maybe some other time, but like, um, but I've certainly gone back and see watched certain scenes again, 
and um, and also I, I read. Um, I think the AV Club had an article about the ending, written by the AA Dowd, who I have a a strained reading writing relationship with. Writing reader writer reader 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 writer relationship that I meant. And he's the writer um, in that relationship. He's the writer, okay, and I'm the reader. Right, good. And I I'm kind of like. Ugh. <laughs> But um, I learned a little bit about the ending of the book, and and am impressed with the choices made. Uh, in theory, um, I think it was the right one to do. But we'll get to that later. You're, we'll you're to that dying later. to talk about the end of this. Movie. I am dying to talk about the ending because it's like the first part is like, yeah, yeah, the first part it's brilliant and perfect. Let's just move on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to the part that needs fixing. But then it's like, does it need fixing, or am I just viewing it wrong? Uh, uh, I'm viewing it as a as as not as someone who wants it to be what I want it to be. You know, like I I, I here. Um, wait, 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 wait. I just want to say one thing quick. I wrote it down because I wanted to be sure I had this right. And it's it's gone. It's just gone. Oh, see, the reason I want to get to the end is because this movie, I had a hard time pinning down now what my criteria is on needing things spelled out in a movie and when I don't need it spelled out. Okay. You know, because when I go through and I go, well, what happens if they had spelled it out? Like, what if they did it like the way the book, the end of the book is kind of as, as it was summarized for me? I was like, well, yeah, no, that's no good. That would be very disappointing and that would be very um, deflating. And I don't really see the point of that. So I love that they doubled down. Instead of going to real, they went to. Uh, OK, I'm going too far again. Sorry. Basically, though, because like we've had these discussions before with like, you know, Jeff Nichols movies where I am like all about. Know, midnight uh, special and mud and uh, loving and these movies were it's like once the characters get where they need to go that's it who cares about the rest yeah. and i'm fine with that mm-hmm. but and and there are other movies where you know getting to see like soderbergh where the process and the machinations and everything behind the curtain how the clock is built is actually interesting and then other ones where that doesn't help and so in theory this movie should work, but it it just it just it just it just doesn't for me. So we'll we'll let's 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 take take me down the path, and I'll try to contain myself. Because <laughs> I'm doing this bang up job of it. We so haven't far. gotten Jesse Buckley into the car yet. <laughs> We're at the one and a half minute mark of the movie. Please go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. All right. <laughs> It's what people come for, the charm. <laughs> okay, so you talked about the two car rides. Uh, this movie's unusual in that um, it starts with the car ride that um, it's not clear like how long this car ride's going to go on. And it's like they don't get to where they're going until the 22-minute mark. And mm-hmm. until then, it's, it's mostly them just sitting in a car talking in the front seat mm-hmm. and uh, with very little shot of um, what's outside the car. They're um, like right away, like she's continuing her voiceover monologue, her internal dialogue about how she's thinking of ending the relationship. But he keeps he keeps doing this thing where he's interrupting her, almost like he he keeps responding to what she's saying. Almost like it's not clear exactly where it is. And like, yeah, something right, was up by the time when he was she was saying, repeating. I'm thinking of ending things, and the look on his face is like he heard it. It's like he hears it, right? And like, he's like, "What are you thinking?" 
right away. Yeah. yeah. And it's like he's it's like he's considering what she's saying in her voiceover while she's saying right. it. And um, we're also establishing this janitor character like really early. None of this happens this early in, in the in the book. Like you don't get right. these clues until till much later. So very different choice in the movie. Um, I so, so what do you, it, it took me a while to like connect like okay how how does the janitor connect to this story mm-hmm. um, because I missed a very important detail which was right there to see on the second watch is that in your first shot of the janitor he's looking out the window down at Jesse Buckley at Lucy on right. the street there's a second shot of him and it's Jesse Plemons from the back looking out that same window which I did not catch that the first time at all. I was like, hmm. you know, my mind had filtered that out. Like, right. okay, I've already seen him standing at the window. Now I'm going to, I'm processing what else is in this room right. uh, with the second shot. But like right away, like the connection between the janitor and Jake is mm-hmm. made, um, like in the first three minutes of the movie, which really surprised, very surprising choice. Which is, which is a great, and again, I don't want to jump ahead too much, but, but that, that was wanted to ask you directly about that. Because to me, the investment in this movie is when things reveal themselves later is how Jesse Plemons is viewing a particular relationship in his life. And then that he had in, in, at this one, because even I think Jess, Jess, uh, Lucy who I assumed was Lucy, but then her name keeps changing. Right. She, on IMDb, she's referred to as young woman. Right. And so if that doesn't tell you as a script reader that, oh, okay, well, this is signaling <laughs> what we're looking at, um, uh, that some people have said in the, in, in the comments and in reviews I've read it are, are speculating that these are two people that don't exist at all. And I'm like, well, that wouldn't help <laughs> you know like they're saying that's not it's not that jesse plemons isn't the janitor jesse plemons is no one and that that jesse buckley is no one and i'm like i don't so i mean that's not an interpretation that you took for this movie no. right you took this right good i didn't either and so like i'm and, and so many people are saying that it's like like they're trying to say that this is kind of like donald kaufman's script the three from an adaptation, remember, because he's always pitching an adaptation. He's or an adaptation. He's 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 uh, uh, um, pitching the story where the a cop is chasing a serial killer who's got a a um, a woman captive. But at the end, it turns out that this guy is all three people in his mind. <laughs> <laughs> and Charlie keeps trying to tell him that doesn't make any sense. How can it be the same person? And like, well, and so people were trying to say that this is kind of that version of this. And I'm like, mm, nah, no. I, I, I think it only works if. I think in the beginning you're just kind of wondering, okay, so w- w- when is this either going to be revealed, and is it going to be revealed to be someone else, or what's where is the connection going to be? And so, um, but I think it only works if 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 this is his memory that he's yeah, replaying and reworking. I think there's plenty of stuff in the text to come to yes. that conclusion. Absolutely. Um, you know, but for a while I was like, what, 
I was thinking there's already like things in here that were making me think of David Lynch, and so I was thinking of Lost Highway, and where there's two like separate characters with separate <laughs> portrayals that are linked in a only like in a thematic way, and one just like magically transforms into the other halfway through the movie, um, and then they kind of <laughs> keep changing back and forth, um, and it doesn't really there's no like there's nothing but dream logic to to make sense of it, right? Um, uh, so I was just kind of thinking, like maybe it was, I was there's some kind of resonance or resonance right. or uh, cosmic rhyming between them. But then you see more and more that indicates that these the janitor and Jake really are the same the same person. But at the beginning, like right. the first tether, like why are we seeing this janitor character? But then we get this conversation about Oklahoma. That's like the first like kind of right. direct link I, I think between them um, is when they hear the Oklahoma song on the radio, and um, right when uh, uh, Jake says that they always perform it at the at the school every few years yeah. for obvious reasons, and Lucy's like obvious reasons, and we don't know we won't learn till later that apparently they're in Oklahoma. Is that the obvious reasons? Even though how many blizzards are in Oklahoma, which seemed like a relevant, <laughs> witty thing to say. When we watched it, it was <laughs> like, oh, yeah, there's a blizzard in Oklahoma. Because his license plate is Oklahoma. Yeah. His license plate is certainly from Oklahoma. And you're like, why is there a blizzard in Oklahoma? They, is he just, they look like they're in Iowa. There's a but like, ice cream um, place called Tulsi Town. Is Tulsi, yeah, Tulsa. Apparently yeah. referenced to Tulsa era. Uh, um, wait, mm-hmm. there's a Tulsa, Oklahoma, right? Yeah. Yes, there is. Suddenly, it sounded like Arizona to me in my head. (laughs) (laughs) That's uh, um, Tucson. Sorry. Well, there could be both. There could be both. There's a Tucson, Oklahoma, right? Like there's a Kansas City, Missouri. Right. You know, they're right on on the borders opposite where the borders of Arizona and Oklahoma meet. As Wichita Falls, so falls Wichita Falls. (laughs) So, uh, so they pass a they pass a Tulsi Town uh, billboard early on uh, in the book. Mm-hmm. It's Dairy Queen. That matters to you. They just had to make it more Oklahoma, <laughs> and they couldn't get the rights to Dairy Queen. <laughs> they couldn't get the rights. They couldn't get clearances. I, I'm surprised her turning them upside down didn't didn't. That wasn't uh, enough uh, of like a trademark. A, a, a yeah, a trademark. Trademark violation. <laughs> 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 the burrs. Yeah, <laughs> the buzzards. So right when right when he talks about um, the students rehearsing Oklahoma or putting on the Oklahoma that right. he would see students from the production in the grocery store and whatnot, like that's right when we cut to the janitor at the Oklahoma right. rehearsal um, in the school. So it's like okay, well, there's some yeah. connection here. What's see, going on? It, my my conventional movie language having missed the back of Jesse Plemons' head as well, tells me that this is probably his dad, and they're going to see... They're heading to see his oh, parents. They keep seeing this guy. I kept thinking, okay, it's going to be... That's Jesse Plemons' dad. But, you know, knowing more to take a little thing. But then the more... This is one of those movies where I appreciate the fact that they don't reveal, like, a lot through proof they just you just get enough data like yeah this is this guy's because like the more he keeps talking about the the school that they're at and they're putting on oklahoma and you see the janitor they're rehearsing oklahoma and you're like okay (laughs) 
you know, um, in fact, when what what is a, 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 a you know, it's it's far too late. But at, if there's any um, reservation, this is all in his memory play. It's when um, they're gone completely when and should have been nailed down, um, but it wasn't really uh, when when um, Jesse Buckley suddenly becomes the actress from Order Up. And starts okay. talking that part. So we're on the then drive. Like, okay, now we're we on the drive totally, back. Oh, sorry, sorry. We jumped ahead. Sorry. But it's all connected. It's like, it's like none of this stuff, it's all being layered in at the beginning. So, yeah, we'll come on. That's one thing. I, you know, I've read a few reviews. I've listened to a couple podcasts um, and interview. That's one thing that has never come up. Everyone talking about the identity yeah. fluidity. No one's mentioned that for two shots. Lucy is played by a different actress. <laughs> right. I mean, we like, we've just. I'm not the only through, one to notice that. We're moved through. I mean, she changes hairstyles. She changes clothes. They're very subtle changes in thrift store co- clothing. Yeah. But her clothes evolve throughout the whole thing. I found that really amazing. That um, is on second watch, not as much as I thought. The the right. sweater changes color during the poem, which I'm going to get to the. I want to get to the poem. Right. That she recites. Um, but then she just takes the sweater off. She's got the dress on underneath the the sweater the whole time. But her hairstyle definitely is um, right. is changing. I'm curious about the significance of the swing sets because there are multiple things of the swing sets that keep popping up. Yeah, and then they're gone. Okay, so and they're just gone. This is on the Never drive there, where there. This is this right. is this is one of the few uh, passages of dialogue that's direct from the book. Like seventy five percent of the dialogue in this movie is Charlie Kaufman. Is, is not from the, the book at all. All right. the pop culture stuff, all the literary references, there's some science stuff, but like all, all their kind of digressions that they go on in their conversation are the ones from the book are replaced with ones that. For okay. The so um, it's it, the, the book is worth checking out. Uh, it's, it's its own thing. Lucy tells a couple of stories about her childhood, which are really. Um, uh, grabbing and good um, and aren't in the movie at all. Uh, it's And it's a short read. Um, yeah, so they, right, they pass, uh, she like calls out that they pass this swing set that looks brand new next to like a decrepit barn in a burned down house. And it's just like this mysterious detail that like sticks for her and seems incongruous. Doesn't it like appear in a shot, like like you're looking at it and it's not there, and it kind of like it cuts to an empty thing, and then it sh- appears. Am oh, I yeah, misremembering like that? that? Yeah, it's kind of like that. And then we get a couple other like drop-in shots of a different swing set, which is apparently right. a swing set by the farmhouse. And yeah, that's one that there's no, I I have no explanation for that other than it's just something's not quite right in this reality. <laughs> Right. Things aren't put together the right way. Um, right. Uh, it's, it's, that, that, that's, that's all that says to me. Like, this is like a new skin on a corpse. <laughs> right. You know? Um, just like kinda, he wasn't holding that earlier, right? That kind of thing. Kind of what's going on. It's not like on this drive he remembered the specific swing set by that house, and that stuck in his memory. I, I, I don't see it like that. I mean, what what's cool about this movie for me is the independence of Lucy's character. 
like the right. the the agency that she has, and like she has her own separate identity, in a way that's going to be undermined um, later. But it's like she's really established as her own person. Like she's struggling, <laughs> struggling with her own like like going going with the flow, and also going. I need to take the reins, and you know. Yeah. 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 Um, and so she's, she's a very relatable um, um, problem. She kind of she sometimes she just like feels like she has to go along with right going with the flow, going mm-hmm. um, exceeding. She doesn't want to recite a poem, but Jake is bored and it'll pass time on the drive, and so he compels her to recite a poem that she doesn't want to write. Even though minutes before, when he's talking about Wordsworth. She's like, I'm not a metaphorical person. Oh, what a long title for a poem. That sounds like a poem by itself. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not familiar. She even says, I'm not familiar with William Wordsworth. Right. Like, she's never heard of him. And then five minutes later, she's this accomplished poet who obviously would right. at least know who William Wordsworth is. Um, and can we talk about this segment where he says... She just like makes a remark about the landscape. He says, "Well, that's the poet in you," and like this is the first moment of kind of fluidity in her identity. And this next three and a half minutes is one of my favorite three and a half minutes of film anywhere. I keep going back and watch it. I've watched it like ten times. And she recites this poem called "Bone Dog." And it's about someone coming home and the loneliness of coming home and uh, coming home to a wife or a wife-shaped loneliness. Yeah. Um, the dog will lick your face in it regardless of... Yeah. What was that, how did that begin? The dog will lick your face. And like your existence is like a cloud. Clouds that take on certain shapes. Clouds made of material. And the way this whole... The poem itself is an amazing poem. Her recitation of it is amazing the way that yeah. scene is shot i mean it, it yeah it's surprising while you're watching it like you're already kind of surprised by how long this road trip is going on it's like is this going to be the whole movie is i'm just riding in the car and talking is this like my <laughs> it's a complicated feeling because you're like going is it gonna is, is this going on a long time but it's it's good yeah. it's going on a long time but it's good it's, so my road trip with andre with is that what yeah. i'm watching is this <laughs> Before snowstorm, before snow sets. It's like it's like you want a you want a you want a road movie. I'll give you a road movie. Yeah. This is what a road trip's really like. And then we yeah. get into this poem, and it's like the poem just keeps going on and on, and like you just expect it to be this short poem, and it's like three and, and a half like, minutes of screen time, which is really long. I have a hard time reciting things I've written for that long. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't do it. And. The way the windshield wipers are going through the whole oh, thing, and it's like I was that, um, with all the cuts, and like there's just the editing of the scene is amazing, and the way that he keeps moving the camera inside the car, outside the car, and like all those yeah. choices feel motivated, like it doesn't feel arbitrary. Right. Like, how did he decide when to have the camera inside the car or outside the car? Well, probably when this because you take the car, you take it outside the car, then he he doesn't go with movie convention. For flow, he puts the sound of the outside yeah. wind whenever you're outside the car. So that kind of I thought was part of it. Like when do I when do I need to put in there, you know, and like pull you out and push bring you back in and then push you back out again 
But it could, it could feel like a stunt or like the, some of those choices could feel arbitrary yeah, and it just never like did. Every single never. entire movie. This is a two and a half hour movie where more than half of it, they're just in the car talking. Every single one of those mm-hmm. camera moves felt motivated. It's amazing. Amazing direction and, yeah. and editing. And those segments. I could have just written in that. For the first three quarters. Go ahead. <laughs> I could have gone in that car trip with them forever. <laughs> if the whole movie was just them, if they never got anywhere and were trying that car, I would have. Yeah, it would be I fine. was along for that ride. This poem, it starts with this weird shot that's different from every other shot of them in the car in the whole movie of through the back window, and she's looking back at us through the rear driver's side window. It's like, I'm going to start something. Y'all, y'all get ready for this? Like... Yeah. What? It's like okay, yeah. that, I'm 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 shifting gears here. Are you shifting with me? And then she goes through this whole recitation. The windshield wipers, with all the cuts in the scene, and really through the whole movie, but especially this scene, the windshield wipers. There's never like a jitter in the rhythm of the windshield wiper. It's like a never. metronome. Like the actors must have just used the windshield wipers as a metronome while they were rehearsing, right? Like you right. rehearse to the rhythm of these windshield wipers. <laughs> that's the that's the that's the meter. Because they never fuck yeah, it up. A, they never fuck yeah. it up. Nope. You'd expect it. Like the windshield wipers have to jump it's on one of these cuts, and they don't. Like I think they I think they jitter a little bit, but um, it's never it's never a problem. Um, and then that they don't just say they don't. They don't. I mean, it's great. <laughs> it's great. It's great. It's great work. And then. Uh, then the, the the poem ends looking down at her through the driver's side but no there's this one part where we get this transition where now it seems like the car is suddenly moving slower more slowly yeah and uh, you get a side of the landscape out the passenger side window and, and it pans over to her and it's like why is the car moving so slow all of a sudden it's like the car is listening to the poem <laughs> and it, <laughs> like trying to take it in and then it had, the car has a shutter. And like, yeah. I don't know about you, but like when that car shuddered, I was terrified. Yeah. I was, I was like, this movie just like had its hooks into me so deep. Mm. Like the whole thing, it's a horror movie where nothing scary ever happens. Yeah. Oh yeah. But even at this point, like we're not even to the tense part of the movies yet. It's just like their conversation has been kind of weirdly, mm-hmm. weirdly quietly tense. And you're not sure what's going on with this Jake guy with Jesse Plemons and his creepy malformed baby face, as Seymour described it. <laughs> oh, Jesse, if you're listening. No, I love him. He's great. Um, Just your face. No, 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 no. Actually, I lo- Well, you said presence. You said presence. You said it in a I nicer way, presence. but it's saying the same thing. <laughs> what a face. When that car shutters, it was like, ah, it took my breath away. And then it looks down at her through the passenger side window, and then she closes by looking up at us and talking about X-ray vision, and mm-hmm. uh, and it's just like it's like she knows this is bullshit. She's calling bullshit on the movie on her own experience uh, in right. the movie, like in that shot is what that's saying to me. But then she's immediately pulled back when he says like "wow," and she's like curled up in the corner and and is out suddenly passive and and uh not giving only receiving and and it's like this is like hmm. an instant shift and i don't know like did that did that 
do anything close to you what it did to me? Because for me, that's like um, sequence of the year for me right now of 2020. Yeah, no, no. It, I, I, I don't, I guess, I think you were more deeply attuned, I think, on that level. But I was watching with, with just, I, I mean, I was, I was just, I was utterly engaged. And I, I also, I, I personally appreciate, I mean, appreciated how at one level you're like, her personality is 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 flu seems to start to becoming more fluid, which is I'm not metaphor person, and then she goes in this long thing, which is all metaphor, and then, but then also how this could legitimately be just a, a someone's personality who always feigns like no I'm not, I don't I don't dig that stuff it's I'm not I'm not gonna boast that I'm like Wordsworth or anything and then when if you have to, to hear what I have to say okay then no it belies that you're totally are yeah. but you just didn't want to be grabbed attention and then and then Je- and then Jesse Plemons could be putting that on her to be like oh see aren't you awesome because you are like that that you feign would you dwell on form and then now you're you know um, oh, you're so smart, you know, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's like... Exactly. She doesn't know she's pretty. <laughs> right. Gorgeous and, that and makes doesn't her, know. Yeah. yeah. Gorgeous and doesn't know it. That, that, and then he's like, you, it's like you wrote that poem about me. Sidebar, we talked about Jesse Plemons' face. Sidebar about Jesse <laughs> Plemons' face. In the book... I like his face. And the book is very descriptive about Jake's appearance... Was oh, this Eugene O'Neill all of a sudden? It's very different. He's very tall <laughs> and thin and has a gaunt face. Mm. Like a, he, almost like he's starved. Like it's very pronounced. Yeah, completely different from bones. what we get in the movie. Yeah. And so I had a really hard time reading the book. And, and they kept talking about the way mm-hmm. he looks. And I'm like, no, he doesn't look like that. He looks like Jesse Plemons. <laughs> right. Because I, I couldn't picture anyone else. Jesse Plemons owned that character so completely for me. I... I had a hard time when I watched Mystic River because I'd read the book first and I'd heard about the casting when I started reading the book. I didn't know who was who, but I knew who the actors were going to be in it. And when I read it, I'm like, okay, Sean Penn is the dad. Um, Tim Robbins is the cop and Kevin Bacon is the abused uh, man who had, who was abused as a, as a boy. And that's the way I read it. And then when I saw the movie, the book, the movie is exactly frame for frame, exactly as I imagined it in the book, which actually kind of made it boring, <laughs> except that those two characters were flipped. And I was like, it was such a cognitive dissonance that I was like, oh. And I, I think Kevin Bacon actually was better in that role, for, uh, would have been better in that role. And I think Tim Grimes would have been better as a cop. That's just me. Well. <laughs> Sorry. You should do a shot-for-shot shot remake with the same cast. <laughs> with the same cast. <laughs> I've thought about it. See if you can Believe get that funded. I've thought about it. <laughs> hey, Tim Robbins, what if Kevin Bacon got the Oscar Look, this time? It's a known commodity. It's, <laughs> it's a known, known commodity. It, that, that's all you need. That's all you need. You can track it. it ha- there's data out there about it in movie and book form and video sales. So... That's just a win. You know what proved that? Cats and Dogs 2, The Revenge of Pussy Galore. No one liked Cats and Dogs, but since it had data, it trumped an original story. So there you go. Okay, at the 22-minute mark when they get to the farmhouse, <laughs> we're here, they suddenly pull up. 
And uh, <laughs> and Jake's got to stretch his legs. Now, you're a tall guy. When you drive back home to visit the folks and they're, your mom is excitedly waving to you from the window. <laughs> this was a weird moment. I imagine you've got to stretch your legs. I can stretch my legs in the goddamn foyer. <laughs> were you like, were you reading this moment as, well, of course Jake's got to stretch his legs. He's a tall guy. It's a very natural no. thing to do. Or you were like, he doesn't want to go in that house. He doesn't want to go in that house. Yeah. Of course, that's what it is. Yeah. Me too. In fact, let's stay out in the blizzard and go into a pig shit covered corpse room. <laughs> let's. I'd rather go there than, than than into that house. You can't stretch your legs in a house. Like you can. Yeah, that's my point. Yeah, in fact, he will stand then. for uh, the first few minutes in the house. So it's uh, mission <laughs> right. accomplished. <laughs> well, it would have been funny if he'd gotten in the house and he was legitimately taller. I stretched him. <laughs> yeah, casting change. Uh, <laughs> right. Twenty-two minutes. This is in. a very Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus kind of thing going on. So yeah, they go in the barn, dead sheep, frozen dead sheep, which they're going to burn them instead of bury them, or feed them to the pigs. But they don't have pigs anymore because the pigs all died from maggot infestations, which gruesome, scary. Scary. And, uh, oh, as they go in that barn, when that barn door, the hayloft door, yeah, like, what swings was that? open, and like, oh no, this is becoming a horror movie now. Like, what's going to happen? Right. Someone's, something's up with these parents. This is going to go bad. And then the basement door, the, right. the scratches on it, and like, I don't like the basement. The dog that appears and, and then is not seen in shots, but the dog. Is never in so many shots. questions. Uh, yeah, that was a that was one of my favorite moments of the whole movie is where she's asking, yeah. "Oh, I love the dog. What's his name? What's his breed?" Like uh, so many questions. I mean, and like, oh shit, there's no <laughs> right. dog. What's his? Why? There's no like, dog. Like, oh, yeah. the dog's right there. Like two seconds later, there's the dog. Yeah, that was amazing. That was an amazing thing to be like. Okay, so what was? The- yeah, <laughs> such a then. whiplash moment. Like, okay, here's what we're going to find out, that she's, things are going to get fucked up because they're murderers here or cannibals or something. And and uh, no, like, this isn't the road. This is uh, Jimmy the dog. By the way, Jimmy, uh, personal preference, I don't like naming animals uh, with human names. But oh, yeah. many disagree. You had a dog named Lyle, so you obviously disagree. I did have a dog named Lyle. I, I Although Lyle's not a human <laughs> Sorry to anyone out there named Lyle. No, um, I, 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 I do. I like. I, I, I would like a. Ideally, I, 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 I mean, I don't like to go for the uh, uh, standard rover or uh, somebody. I, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with things like pork chop because you eat pork chops, <laughs> and I don't want to eat my dog like pickle. You know, I don't. I'm uncomfortable with that, but I do. I do find it funny. To name a dog a very, very common human name like Steve. That, I think, would be a very funny name for a dog. Well, well, that, Jimmy, that makes me smile. Jimmy must have Jimmy's, Jimmy's still very cuddly. You know, Fred, Steve, um, Nigel, maybe, might be... <laughs> Might be uh, uh, funny because you know for th- because bark follimule or whatever or Barkley that, that gets that's cutesy it gets old after a while but Steve yeah bark follow bark follow over view um, 
That's copyrighted by Spaceballs, by the way. Can't say it. Um, well, my dog's name is Nugget, and uh, I have right. eaten Nuggets, so I guess I don't follow that rule. <laughs> but Nugget is also could be Nugget of Gold, which is what I think of when I think of your dog. I think of like, a, oh, it's a nugget. Or it could be, you know. I think chicken nugget was the idea. <laughs> oh, yeah. She is the color I of thought chicken gold nugget. nugget. Yeah. I thought gold nugget. So that's where I, I, that's why I go. I don't want to eat dogs. So I don't, I think of the, the, the least food uh, thing. But the reveal of Jimmy being in an urn at one point. Up in the bedroom. Yeah. Or that weird uh, shot of him. Like shaking for far too long. We already know something's up with Jimmy when <laughs> he disappears for a while. Then he, when and, and when he appears, he, he never appears on screen. When she's like, "Oh, right. Jimmy! Oh, he smells bad!" And like he's never on screen for that. Yeah, that moment. And and Jake is like, "I'm sorry, sorry, it smells bad." Like it's okay. Now, it's I think, a dog. I think it happens later, but. The really interesting. I was. I was much. I was taken by the moment where she's looking at the pictures and she sees herself, and then he says, "Do you recognize that?" How did you? That's. You don't know that is. That's me. And then she's like, "I thought it was me." And then it's. It's clearly her. And then it's clearly it's him. It's very subtle, but it's 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 the pictures are swapped. Yeah. Uh, thing, but that's also a big giveaway as to kind of what's happening here yeah we just don't know it yet right 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 um boy i can't wait to talk about this tragedy that's coming up <laughs> let's go well first uh, let's talk about tony collette and david thewlis yes and they finally come down the stairs it takes them forever we don't know what they're doing upstairs Probably fucking. If I'm not mistaken, there are all these little things that show something is off. Something's not right. Oh, yeah. Something is thing. But if you were reading the paper while you're watching this movie, like you're a family in the 80s or whatever, or uh, the, the, the family that the networks figured everyone was, was, and I'm reading the paper while I'm watching TV. If you're that, doing that, you could glide through all that and not really pick up on anything. The first thing you, I think, is like just straight up unreal is happening is when they start out old and then suddenly they're young and nobody notices that's after dinner yeah right yeah well they no they they, it's at the start of dinner right they they say oh come on to the kitchen to the dining room and as soon as they walk in the dining room suddenly tony collette's got you know her hair's not gray david wells has got brown hair they're much younger yeah it happens at the beginning later i mean there's the weird thing where like they're all Instantly seated and the candles are lit. Right. I didn't think their ages changed until after dinner. No, it's. I'm looking at it right now. And the dad and David Dwellis has a band aid on one side of his head, and then later he's got it on the other side of his head. Uh, I don't keep. <laughs> and track that's of those never. Things. Yeah, they're in the fo- yeah they're in the foyer. Um. With a blue kind of blue tint to the cinematography, they say, "Oh, let's all go into dinner." A little stooped, uh, you know, probably in their you know fifties, and then oh yeah, it his cuts, hair gets shorter and uh... and suddenly they're seated and they're much younger. And I, this is pretty great because 
the foyer is still that cool blue muted tone and then the dining room has changed color tones and they are uh much warmer and much younger well, I more didn't like in their that. 40s maybe it was the color tone yeah. uh, threw me off there I didn't and then up she's waiting in there she's waiting in there like mm, something's not right and then she comes in and now they're more I just thought it was the way they kind of teleported in there and the candles are already lit in the table. Yeah, 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 yeah. The jug of wine. And what do you think of David, uh, is it Thwellis? Is that how you say his oh, last name? I have name? no idea. Yeah. He has the very strong choice or directorial whatever that he never doesn't look at Jesse Buckley. <laughs> He's just looking at her. Right. It's so intensely. They both uh, really staring holes in her head, although more him. Until after dinner, when they're much older again, Colette says something uh, acknowledging that she isn't all there. And then David Twellis turns and looks at her and talks about how much he misses her. And that's the only time where he's not, he refuses to look at anyone else. He's only looking at her. That's the only time he doesn't look at Jesse Buckley. It's so off-putting. Just like the, I wonder if his neck got yeah. sore shooting that. Just like the right. angle of his head it's to like, his shoulder. I kind of feel uh, this is the Indy, Indianapolis 500 of acting. I'm only looking this way the entire movie, and it's kind of like giving me. It's harder than it looks. You think I'm used to like looking around? That's <laughs> David Thulo's massage provided by Charlie Kaufman. <laughs> He had, uh, what's the, oh God, there's some, what's that neck thing? Torticollis, yeah, he's got the David Torticollis Dwellers. I kept wanting to say coitus, and I'm like, that's not right. So uh, while they're having dinner, they have this conversation about how they, how they met. And it's this very amped up, the story about the, 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 yeah. the pub trivia the thing. Trivia and you thought he was cute. And like right. the, everyone's laughing too hard, and um, uh, we've already done the like the genius edition versus genius edition <laughs> trivial pursuit thing. Yeah. But now all of a sudden, in the middle of the story, when uh, Lucy says it's uh, Brezhnev's eyebrows uh, during the age of starvation, and they both the both the parents correct her age of stagnation. Yes. <laughs> like now they're familiar I, with I, that I, point of Soviet I, history. Now, maybe I'm, you know, because I'm one person who was rooting for Walter White the whole time, so maybe I'm a weirdo. But, <laughs> but this was the scene, the first time that I really thought something was wrong with Jesse Plemons' character, with Jake. Oh, Because before, yeah. before there, there are hints of this and that, but it felt more like he's a, something, the stuff that I struggle with. Like, oh, nice guy, but a little obsessive about the things that he's into. And therefore can make him very, like, domineeringly boring. And, um, and, 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 and then, you know, sometimes he's aware in mitigating that. Sometimes he's not. And, you know, but, like, trying to get there. And then the weird thing about being staying outside the house is, like, well, that might be just, you know, reserve of what he grew up with. But then it's the, at the table, that's when I start getting worried about Jake because he's, acting very violent and very erratic. And this is not, to me, something I had seen from him previously. Yeah, the temper is starting to flare. Right. 
he's like eating all of his anxiety. Right. Not not participating in the conversation. <laughs> and it, and it, it, it jumped over what was empathetic with, you know, like, you know, we all get unnecessarily irritated with our parents over the little things that you kept enduring over and over and over again that really aren't anything, but just because they were triggering, they carried more weight for you, yeah. you know? So you go back home, Mom, it's great to see you. you and then they'll just do something... Yeah, it's, you know, it's like th- that shouldn't, yeah, that shouldn't irritate you, but it's the blister, right? It's the emotional blister. Um, so you kind of feel like, wait, but the, the you know, the anger at not getting genus and genius, who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, you know, you just, you're, you're like, yeah, it's incorrect, but let her just, she's obviously not well, let her go. And so that hammering just really started to make, get me on edge. And then wondering why Jesse's Buckley's character wasn't, was she was obviously aware of this, but kept plowing forward with the art artifice, you know, and being like, like, ooh, it was just, it well, was. What can you do just, in that situation? What you do you know? do? Like, right, that, exactly. That's not like a fantasy element. That's like the most real right. thing in the whole movie is. Right, like, no, exactly. You're stranded in this strange place with your boyfriend's parents, and like, you're supposed to keep, keep things moving smoothly as much as you right. can, you know, the art of conversation. Um, and if, yeah, the, and if the, you're not getting any help real, and no assist from the boyfriend, then <laughs> yeah. To me, the realest thing in the movie was when uh, uh, she's like, "I have to go, I have to go." And finally, when he says something like, "What's the hurry?" and she goes, "I've said it like forty times." Right. And like, because that's that. Like, I like it's. I'm not just saying like, "How come this isn't getting through?" Yeah. That I want to go because I've said it this much. And so, you know, it's, it's, and that's a typical, you know, I have to say female to male thing where the males are just like, oh, okay, we're just, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and like, like you don't see then why don't you recognize the urgency of what I'm saying? Because I have said it so many times. And so I really responded to that and like was, uh, it really made me nervous and scared. It took me to invisible man territory <laughs> with Elizabeth Moss, you know, I was like, like, Ooh. Uh, <laughs> so you know yeah i'm I, again in this movie i'm invested with her i'm invested with him but now i'm worried but like yeah you know yeah but it's, the scene's also very funny too oh yeah yeah absolutely and there oh there's a great part about the her artwork where she's having the conversation with the dad about her landscape paintings by the way, at right. this point, she has been um, uh, a biologist, apparently, who studies rabies, um, <laughs> a poet. Um, a waitress. At the beginning of this, uh, at the beginning of this dinner, she studies quantum physics, right. not quantum psychics. By the end of the dinner, she's a painter, uh, and later she will be a cinema expert. I, I, did I, I, did I miss any uh, areas of study or expertise? I don't, I don't know. That's what my notes say. Anyway, this, the painting thing, the whole conversation about how can a landscape painting be sad yeah. if you're not in it or, you know, <laughs> if somebody's not in it looking sad. And um, I, this is the one time where I'll quote somebody else's observation about the movie, but I thought it was a great one, is that it just seems like a really Charlie Kaufman idea is like, how can I connect with this story if I don't inject myself into it? 
Ah. And so all of my preoccupations and obsessions, I'm going to write into this movie, even though it's not in the source material at all. <laughs> you know? Well, I, I mean, there's ways that I it felt, does connect, yeah. but like the, the sure. Charlie Kaufman definitely injects himself into this movie. They uh, right. Most of what they talk about feel like Charlie Kaufman obsessions. Yeah. Well, there, well, there was a that that whole discussion gave me a, a, a whole lot to think a, a, a thought, like as many things in this whole these all these sequences did, because I like the journey that my head went on when I went. Well, yeah, that's that's a that's a layperson thing to think, right? Because there's there's no there's no artistry. You you're like, well, I need to see someone sad to know I should be sad. You want to be spoon fed. What you're supposed to feel, but right at first blush, it just seemed level. like an ignorant thing to say. Yeah, it seemed yeah. like an ignorant thing to say, and so like, 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 well, no, because you know, you create, you know, you can make a, a room look sad with no one in it, or because you're evoking the feeling of sadness, and then when you go down that route, suddenly I loop back around to his point to be like, yeah, how how can someone be expected? Like, like, like I, I did actually circle back down over to his point. Right, right. Because I'm going thinking to myself, you know, if you're if you're attuned to, uh, uh, if you're 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 putting all this stuff into making to all this evocation, but if you're, it's it's not a foregone c- conclusion language, right? It takes knowing the language, often. And so you go, okay, so how, how is the person supposed to know they're sad? Like, like I started going like, oh, yeah, that's, that's, actually, that's actually not an ignorant thought as I thought it was. <laughs> I want to give so, credit. And, and, I, think that was, I think I was citing um, Sean Fennessy's observation on the Big Picture mm-hmm. podcast, I just want to say. Oh. Well, good one. I hope that was him and not one but, of the other people <laughs> in that discussion. <laughs> But yeah, the movie did, does that constantly. And then another thing it does is right here, right at the end of the talk about where how they met, Jesse uh, Buckley, and Lucy is suddenly like, I, it seems so long ago, I can't remember how long ago it was. And we get these shots of her like isolation, like through the doorway, which is becoming a real cliche. I'm seeing more and more is, yeah. if you want to show someone's isolated, shoot them through a doorway. And so they're, the, the aspect ratio is cut down by by the door frame that's another thing we haven't talked about we'll get to that later okay the four by three aspect ratio oh this. yeah no i do want to talk about that um but then the shot that is the the poster um and now the cover of the new printing of the book which is uh lucy like framed differently so it's like she's the only one in the room almost against the backdrop yeah the wall between the two windows, two, two windows yeah. yeah holding up the the wine glass and from there we cut to the janitor yeah. again, watching a rom-com in one of the classrooms on his break. Right. He's got a, and he's specifically watching a DVD because he's got the thing like popped yeah. open on his. And what was the title of it? I didn't. I didn't. Order up is what it's called. Order up. I checked this. I did stop the movie to check if it was a real movie at first because, like, <laughs> but like but then I realized we're watching too much of it. And, like, no, this was made for the. There are a couple of shorts and movies called Order Up, but it is not, obviously, okay. not something. But yeah, so, it's called Order Up, which I have to say, this sequence, as odd as it was, gave me the biggest laugh in the movie <laughs> for me. And 
I'm going to be wondering why for the longest time is right when it ends and it says directed by Robert Zemeckis. I know. I laughed so hard and I'm, and then I go, but wait, why? Because it's not really a slam against him, and it's you know there's a then there's a lot to slam about him and there's a lot to praise about him. But I'm going, why? Why is that funny? I know. <laughs> But it was really funny. It doesn't even then, feel like one of the bad Zemeckis movies. It doesn't really feel no. like a Zemeckis movie. Yeah, it felt more like no. a Ron Howard movie. But he's already right. Exactly. He's there's, already borrowing from nothing. Ron Howard. Uh, I think that's what it was. There was nothing about the movie that felt like Robert Zemeckis. Yeah. And then it just said Robert. Zemeckis. It's commercial. Like that's what. Oh, that's all it says. Yeah. Is, it's a commercial movie. But yeah, and that's what I was wondering if that was the thing. But then, and then, of course, in the credits, it says special thanks to Robert Zemeckis, presumably for not forbidding him to do this. Yeah, he did ask permission. You know, yeah, yeah which is good. But basically, I, think in a weird Al, I make fun of you. I think he, yeah. The Weird Al kind of way, Al. right? Yeah. But like, it was just like, like, I, yeah, that's, I think the joke, to, I think the joke was that it was nothing like Robert Zemeckis' work. <laughs> <laughs> really made me laugh. <laughs> okay, so back to the farmhouse. And now, mm. now she goes upstairs. And so, yeah, okay, but, wait, okay, wait, but this is, wait, 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 why is this scene here? It's, it's, it's there to show he has an interest in fantasized romance, right? Yeah, I guess? he's trying to, he's trying to, I mean, Okay. He's not watching now we're, you know, now Bruce, really Bruce Lee movies, right? Yeah. He's not watching, you know, X versus Sever. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, ballistic colon X versus Sever. He's not watching that. He's watching a rom com. Well, yeah, well, I mean, on a basic level, he wants the human connection. It's a right. as as the dad says, it's one of those meat. He didn't say meat cute movies. When you talk about forget Paris. Oh, right. Now, he doesn't like it because Billy Crystal's a nonce, a nance. Um, <laughs> but he says that she likes the the mom. Uh, she likes the uh, the meeting romantic movies. Uh, he calls it a shoot. What's the term he uses? It's about meeting. It's not a meet cute right. movie, but it's like that. Yeah. Um, and that's what the whole like this whole bar trivia thing is. It was right. like their meet cute. Um, and like he's constructing like an idealized version of that. Like he wants, he wants that yeah. connection. He wanted his meat cute. And so, well, order the end of order up is a man coming in and basically doing nothing but yelling his inner life aloud, ah, yeah. destroying the structure of the object of his affection and then her accepting him, begrudgingly accepting him for it. So yeah. that's what I, that's what I dug about this inclusion because as we go on and we start to kind of unravel kind of more what's happening is this, is it these kind of standards that has caused this discord and disconnect in him or is it him trying to grapple with, okay, I have this preconceived notion of how things could be and life didn't go that way. And I want them that way, but 
I couldn't have them that way, so what's wrong? Right? Okay, we'll return to that. Let's return to that, especially yeah. when the Because it's the such actress, a long sequence. Especially when the actress who plays the waitress shows up again in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. So now we get back to... Uh, back to the farmhouse. They have dessert. And this is where we find out <laughs> obviously one of the most significant details in the movie and that is the mother... They have a Yule log, by the way. <laughs> is, that a cake? is there a cake called a Yule log cake? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, but it looks more like a log than what that did. The Yule log is basically a jelly roll cake and then you take a second one and you cut it to where and uh, to where you cut it and then you kind of put it off to the side like a tree branch that's been cut off, oh, okay. like a log on a fire, yeah. but it's covered in chocolate and then the inside is kind of a rolled. Here, who doesn't want to well, eat you, a you, delicious slab of burning wood? Right, <laughs> it's always a strange, but it is. He goes, "It's your favorite Yule log," and then it's this thing that looks just like a um, a, a, a a chocolate cake in the form of a crucifix. Because you know, I mean, I've wondered how to make this, and I. Every year I turn on that TV show and they never explain how you make it. They never give you the recipe. <laughs> I watch it for oh, that, that, I watch oh, yeah, it for like twelve that, hours yeah, straight yeah, totally. and they never once <laughs> I keep <laughs> the worst cooking show I've ever seen. <laughs> like, okay, so you just burn it? You just burn it for twelve hours straight? Like it's I kept wondering when they were going to take it out of the fire to show us. Insert and they never into did. fireplace. I thought, is this like memento cooking shows? We're watching you going, going backwards? Add kindling. There's very few recipes that call for kindling. Yeah, I'll say. Are you looking up a recipe now? No, oh, I'm trying to get I'm trying to get show you what a Yule log cake actually is supposed to look like if you didn't know. But for some reason, I am not. It's not liking me I'm doing not, anything. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm more of a pie guy than a cake guy. So. Oh, you actually me too. <laughs> I prefer I, I, I prefer Yule pie. <laughs> I. Uh, You've heard Paul F. Tompkins' cake versus pie routine. Of course I, I have. Oh, yes, you have. Naturally. Anyway, I want to talk about the tinnitus, or as I prefer to call it, tinnitus. But then I, was, I, I prefer to call it a clitoris over a clitoris, too. So there's something. I don't, I don't like those short eyes. clitoris. Um, they're not stressed. Uh, oh, stressed you've disabled screen sharing. I can't show you this Yule log. Ah, that's, you know, if I really wanted to know. <laughs> You can Google it. It's way prettier than. It's way prettier than. It didn't look good. No, it didn't. It, uh, that, that just only it augmented the how you say comedy. <laughs> My Jake. For those of us who know how Yule logs are made. Uh, oh, I was rewatch one. Um, back to the dinner for one second. When she says mm-hmm. at the beginning that everything is from the farm. And uh, Lucy gives one look to the ham because we've gotten the maggot yeah. pig story. Right, right. I didn't that catch that pretty... the first time. That was a oh really? That was, very... was such a definite drop, and then like uh... very very subtle moment there um, for me. Yeah, Je- and then she looks at Jesse Plemons, and he gives the thing like, "Yeah, go ahead." I'm like, "Go ahead." <laughs> <laughs> it's like what's that? <laughs> Uh, tinnitus, uh, her tinnitus sounds like whispers. Mine sounds like a, a high-pitched electronic whine. 
and it kind of cycles. I thought about you a lot during this. Cycles like, up oh. and down. Um, it's got layers to it. Doesn't sound like whispers though. But then again, I'm not losing my mind or age or whatever. She could just be. She could just have ASMR on all the time. You know, that would actually sound pretty good to me. Then she looks relaxed. She looks very chill. <laughs> I think that's probably what's happening. Yeah. Although if I got the kind that was the, all the eating sounds, I'd look exactly like her. I'd be like, oh, God, stop it. Oh, what? <laughs> okay, they all disappear. Lucy goes up to the bedroom and uh, sees a few things. Sees Jimmy's urn on the shelf, as you pointed out. With mm. the P-Touch, well, the pre-P-Touch, the old label maker, I used to have one of right. these because my dad worked in a yeah. shoe store. Chicken, chicken, chicken. Yeah. So I used to make uh, labels like that with the red, the red type, yeah. white on red. And she sees a bunch of books. Wordsworth jumps out at me. Yeah. Right. Now this. I'm sorry. You, you finished what you're going to say. I, I, this was a big thing. Pauline, Pauline Kale. Kale's right there. I'm like, footnote. Okay. File that away yeah. for later. Uh, and then a, is it's the biggest book. See the other books you see, you see Wordsworth, you see these yeah. other things that have been referenced. But Pauline Kayla's book is like three times as big as every other yeah. book. So it's like saying, "Look at this one." Right, right. So it was well, well done. Very well done. Yes, agreed. Because that was the first thing I thought of later. And then a bunch so of stuff ahead. with uh, uh, like DVD cases with labels on them, which I could not catch in real time or, yeah, or even yeah. read. But on freeze frame, are Things like uh, moments of self-doubt. It's like all these moments of his life uh, labeled, mm. not not highlights of his life. A very very Charlie Kaufman kind of thing. <laughs> it's it's not oh my football yeah. touchdown. My worst it's... memories, yeah, um, preserved. And then she f- reads the book and reads Bone Dog, like reads this poem, this amazing yeah. poem from earlier, and it's like, why is this in this book? This isn't hers. Like, oh, like this is where it really. Like the, yeah. okay, this is starting the the her identity keeping change. Why her identity keeps changing, and then we had the picture downstairs in the house. Like this is where it really, really the the seed is sprouting in my mind. That okay, she this is all, oh. this is the version of her in right. in Jake's mind, and this is right. like I'm already thinking like that meet cute in the bar didn't happen, and this is what he thinks would have happened if that meet cute had happened. I th- th- This scene is like really yeah. where that's taking root for me. Exactly. And I'm looking at the bookcase. There's more stuff like, is it a copy of A Beautiful Mind? <laughs> An introduction to vir- uh, vir- virology, David Foster Wallace, Pauline Kale, The Humming Effect. Uh, and a cop- VHS copy of The Thing. Which I still haven't seen. Hmm. Yeah, I'm. I'm probably the only person in the world who's like going. This is really brilliant, but uh, it's too gross for me. I, I, I'd literally dock at points for being too fucking gross. <laughs> okay. And yet, I'm sure everyone would be like sacrilege. I'm like, no, no, it's too bleak, too gross. Not my cup of tea. Okay, <laughs> but it's it's one of those things. It's one of those things though that you look at it and you go. Yeah, why don't they make movies this way anymore? This is obviously better. But also you go, I can't believe I don't see this more. It's that extreme and it's this beloved. Why don't I see this more? Why do I see this other shit more? 
you know and so it's 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 like it's it's weird it's like i don't want to see it but i'm also mad that this isn't what's copied <laughs> so you're saying <laughs> it's not your thing it's not my that one was for jim cue the isley brothers okay <laughs> and then the dad comes in and now it's yes. now it's dementia dad in a very s- sad sweet disturbing funny scene of his dementia which is yeah. played note perfect by yeah. whatever this actor's name is <laughs> David Twellis. um also might i note apparently as referenced in the um in the rating guide for this movie the only reason for this movie's r rating is what because it, it, it just efforts. says for language involving sexual um, oh fucking thing for you talk, him talking about you're gonna do that and there's some fucks. I watched the rest too. of the movie and I go, what's that? There's some fucks uh, expressed in anger uh, later. Oh, I don't remember, but like yeah, but then I thought to myself, um, um, really, it's not R because it's <laughs> freaking disturbing, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I think it should be regardless. <laughs> Because yeah. of I'm a guy who thought despair. Toy Story should have been. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, yeah, like, do I tell my kids it'd be okay for them to watch this movie? Um, like, there's no reason no. they couldn't. There's no, like, single reason they couldn't. But. There is nudity. There is male rear nudity. Well, butts. They, yeah. Butts, butts, butts or butts. butts whatever. Okay, this whole time war parents thing. Like, it's kind of very... Um, I mean, I'm, it, I'm mostly thinking... I've already... This has already taken me to a kind of a Kubrick place, this movie, a few times. And now it's right. like, for me, this is the end of 2001 Space Odyssey right. combined with The Shining. That's what the soul segment kind of feels like to me. And it's not really... It eventually becomes clear for me what Kaufman is going for with this. In the moment, I was right. like, okay, now it's just a bunch of weird shit happening. <laughs> And then she's invited to go down into the basement that no one's supposed to go to, to wash the mm. gross baby food off of the nightgown. Yeah, that was... With the note on it to remind him it's a nightgown. Oh, yeah. my God. This is like... Well, that was a very dream-like thing where he, where he said, uh, this is Jake's room. I saw the note. Oh, Right, you'll find those around the house because I don't know it. And then you start seeing them everywhere. Yeah. Like, they weren't there before. Right. And then, you know, that's a very dreamlike thing. So she goes down to the basement. And yet, frankly, you expect the basement to be a lot scarier given the, the way it was sold to us earlier. Kind of disappointing right. the basement's not scarier. Um, I did like that Jeff C. Plemons was standing at the, uh, when he discovers she's going down there, you can't hear him. And he's just happened, going. Like, it's yeah. happened a few times already where. Mm-hmm. During her voiceover, like he's talking and she like she's not listening to him, so she's not the words aren't coming right. through. Um, but that was another moment. And this is I gotta say I I don't I didn't find the basement segment necessary. No, just because we don't get a lot of new information. Like we see the janitor shirts in the washer, but I think we've already figured out that Jake is the janitor yeah. at this point. We've already yeah exactly. The enough connections have been made. That's basically just saying, okay, so now now this house is that janitor's house. Yeah. 
if we're if we're trying to co- make this concrete reality, which we've already established, it is not. <laughs> so now we're just like, so what's the significance of her seeing this janitor logo, which ostensibly, if we think that she is a real person, then she wouldn't know what this means anyway. So just that it well, was why is she odd? I mean, nobody right. that she knows of that lives in the house is a janitor. Um, well, it was just the school logo, yeah. right? She sees the paintings. No We've already figured out the poem wasn't hers. So um, we, we figured out she wasn't a poet, a physicist, and a painter. So <laughs> seeing the painting, <laughs> it's all just kind of reinforcing at this point. Like, in case you didn't get it, in case you were too screening it, um, here's another here's another chance. And I don't, I don't mind it. It just didn't seem... No. Um, I mean, I guess there's a lot in this movie that's... It's weird for me to single out this one thing when we have, you know... When we get to, like, David Foster Wallace conversation, like, obviously that didn't have to be in there either, except for David Foster right. Wallace killed himself. And, like, that's the only reason to have right. it in. And that, like, guys who uh, want to show how smart they are will name drop David Foster Wallace at some point, inevitably. Like, that's... Even if they only know that he killed himself, and that's it. Yeah. And if they're... Even, you know, just to say that they're right. mad that you only know about him because he killed himself. Right. right. Yeah. doesn't know what <laughs> Okay. All right, back on the road. Road back home. Got the chains on. Got those snow. Those snow chains exist. He wasn't just bullshitting about the snow chains. Like this is right. that was one piece of information in this movie, Wade, that we could trust. He had snow right. chains in the trunk. He did have snow chains. That's reassuring. Because the insistence, the assistant, yeah, it was because the insistence that he uh, didn't need to go. And we have the snow change makes you go, uh, why is he putting this off? Why is he putting this off? He obviously doesn't want to be there. Right. Why is he putting this off? And then, so they can't be real. They can't be real. Well, something else in there, it's going to get her. But then, no. No, she's got to yeah. get back. She's got a paper to write by Wednesday. She has an sh- early shift in the morning. She, uh, her reasons keep you know, changing. In the book. This, 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 oh, sorry, go in ahead. In the book, it's, it's because of Jake that they need to go back. It's Jake who wants to go back. This is a one of the really stellar changes from the book, I thought. Is that yeah. in the book it's Jesse doesn't or Lucy doesn't even have a job that that's was the mentioned. Right. Jake's gotta get back so he can work in his lab on campus. He's going for his uh, post doctorate or his doctorate degree. Um, and he's the one who wants to leave. And I I thought that was a really smart choice. Um Mm-hmm. Uh, really ratcheted up the tension uh, in the story. Anyway, you wanted to say? Oh, I was going to say that same sort of device of like having all these horror movie expectations that that, that then don't yield horror movie results, but are s- still, if not more satisfying, is reminiscent of another movie that came out this year that I adore. I don't think you've seen it yet, so I'm not going to say anything. But um, um, you can't say the title. But, Is that too much? Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to. Th- that was that was a big revelation for me when I saw it to realize, oh, it isn't what I thought it was, and so I, I don't want to blow it. Okay, I maybe I'll put in a drop later. But forget if, that you said that. I guess don't look at the top movies in my letterbox list. Like, <laughs> 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 don't peek it on Christmas. Well, if you are following my diary on Letterbox, then I guess you will mm-hmm. tell me when I have seen it. So you can say, I told oh. you so. 
Yeah, I ha- I'm firing him. I don't think you've. I don't think you've seen it yet. Okay, if we're back on the road. Drive back. And, and now point, the, the the framing of the conversations is less tense rom com, uh, tense uh, uh, psychological, uh, t- t- tense relationship drama, and now more like horror movie, kidnap movie. Like now, it's really like it's more thriller like. With, with well, it's just like it's like intellectual digression after digression after digression too. Like yeah, it's it's um, uh, there's this whole segment where they start talking about uh, a woman under the influence, which made me really mad because <laughs> I'd meant to watch that movie. You know, all the John Cassavetes is on HBO Max, and I'd watched uh, Killing of a Chinese Bookie. It was the first Cassavetes I'd seen, and I was like, oh man, I, I uh, that movie kind of took something out of me. I couldn't. I didn't want to go back to the Cassavetes well that quickly. Yeah. So, um, and then like, Women under the Influence was the first Cassavetes film I think I ever saw, and it, it took a lot out of me. And I, 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 that's, I don't think I intentionally did, but it, it was a while before I went back to that well. Yeah. Well, I, I watched uh, a Woman Under the Influence in between mm. uh, my two viewings of of this movie, um, and uh, I gotta say, I both agree and disagree with uh, Pauline Kale on that one. But we, I won't get into that. Exactly. I, 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 me as well. Okay. All right. Good. Cassavetes. Now, now I've seen two Cassavetes which, which, movies. Just, just to quote you, just to to uh, to land what you were saying there. When she starts launching into it, not that we needed, not anybody needed any verification of it. But as soon as she started talking, lights that cigarette. It's like I remember that Pauline Kale book. I know. So of course, later I went and looked it up, and sure enough, that's word for word. Yeah. The last like third, fifth of that uh, movie review. Yeah, I had no doubt. I no I, doubt. I didn't that know that, that there was a famous review of. By Polly Kale of of a woman under the influence, but it's like, okay, well, she must be doing. I don't even know what Polly Kale sounds like, but like, well, that sounds right. like exactly what I Polly Kale sounds like when I read her. So it certainly was the to- <laughs> exactly she nailed the tone of that piece anyway perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> and and, uh, and the cigarette was a bit much, but it was funny. I liked it. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> it was. It was like, I'm not trying to take credit for Pauline Kale here, so here's a big signal that I'm quoting, just in case you... Yeah, because, you know, like, <laughs> these are the things where, like, you know, in court, you would go, well, any reasonable person would realize that this is not coming from this character. It's yeah. attributed to somebody else. Right. But it's never said. It's never said explicitly that this isn't the words of Charlie Kaufman commenting on Casavetti's right. and Gina Rowland's performance. Right, right. <laughs> you know, so you could be like, mm. and then, uh, amongst other things, uh, Jake says here that he needs something sweet after having his Yule log, <laughs> <laughs> and stops at Tulsi Town, and he right. sings us the theme song, like in this the most creepy way, like the right. Did they sing it on the way out because they passed it? And it, it's that might be after they. they go there i don't remember if it's before or after because they they passed it on the way out no i don't think it was really referenced no they don't i don't think they mention it um they do pass the billboard for it right yeah Um, and then he goes well there's a tulsi town up here which she's like oh yeah there is i know i saw the billboard and then sings that yeah oh boy and then there's the creepy this is this is a very lynchian scene 
where it's like the weather, there's like this right. like little cone where the weather, the snow's not falling and the girls are wearing short sleeve shirts and don't look cold at all in this ice cream place. Right. And this is like, um, they're doing varnishing in the back. Now this is a, now I, 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 I liked the bit with the two high school girls that we saw earlier who were sneering at the janitor in the yeah. hallways. Yeah is now here and because Jesse is is uncomfortable with them we and this is this is like the biggest arrow that yeah, yeah, that's him that they're, they're, we know the same person yeah. the janitor and this guy are the same person conclusively but then the other girl comes out now have we we hadn't seen her before There's right one shot of her when Where? he uh, it's actually just a few minutes before this it's very brief. Um, he's talking about what? He's talking about um, people who carry their baggage with them, their emotional baggage with them. Uh, and so there's one shot of her walking down the hall, like past the janitor or towards the janitor, looking miserable. And that's it. Mm. Like, it's very, I didn't notice yeah. it at all the first time. It didn't register. It's just like that's a high school student. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So when. When Jake pays for the burrs, he's got the same stains on his hands that she does. Yeah, he's got like a rash on his hand, right? Right. Yeah. But does the same that hand girl will have, turn old <laughs> a few minutes later? Yeah. Does that girl have a rash or is that varnish stains? It's described as a rash. I think it's, it's described meant to be as a rash. In, in a rash. So. So then we're related to believe, okay, so is she also like 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 what's the what's the connection between this person and Jake? Right? Because then she says to in 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 what and okay, so I'm gonna confess, as much as I keep saying that I think that this ending didn't land, I'm gonna fully also confess that I'm probably just watching it wrong <laughs> and so i want to be open to like what i'm not because i don't think this is a i don't think this is a a, 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 a failure per se um i just I, I don't know where it's not gelling with me if if it's a if it's a preconceived notion that i developed while watching it that is left unsatisfied or if it's a legitimate flaw in intent an execution of intent that that isn't working but like does this moment where she tells where the 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 brunette with the rash tells um jesse buckley that she's worried for her yeah is this a misleading moment does this yeah is it a red herring or does it queer the whole the whole thing because if they've both got this rash, then they're denoting a connection between or or saying they're the same person, you know, or something. And then turning to her and saying, I'm worried for your safety. But then if this turns out to be what we're about to talk about it being, there is no safety to be concerned about outside of Jake's. It, I don't know I, what that that was supposed to be. I think this Tulsi Town segment is like the most mysterious part yeah. of this movie. I, mm -hmm. I I I think it's like the least linear 
of, of everything. I, I don't think it's like a straight line answer. Um, but I mean, this is a story about a guy who couldn't make a human connection in his life. Right. Right. Um, and but, he, but, but, but do you, okay, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. and so he sees other, he sees students that he works for, he's worked for years in this high school after attending the same high school, apparently. And he sees other students who also seem like they don't have that, who aren't able to make that connection, the, the, the they're isolated. Mm-hmm. And so he's, so she's as imaginary, you know, she's as imaginary as Lucy is in this moment. Right. Right. She's as much a projection. Um, but it's another, I mean, I think what's happening in this movie is he's, he's trying to imagine what would have happened if I had been able to make this connection with this girl in this pub. Like, what if I'd had the courage to ask for a number? And I was therefore able to f- realize my potential, right? And do all the things I dreamed of doing and all the, all the things I read about, I was able to do them. I was able to, 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 to live that out. So he, he never was a physicist. He never was a, any of these things. He's always just been a janitor. He became a janitor. Yeah. And we'll get to the segment where I, I think this really gets spelled out more. But in this, you know, so much of the movie is him trying to imagine the relationship working and this independent voice of Lucy in his mind keeps telling him, no, it's not going to work. Even in your fantasy, mm-hmm. it's not going to work. Right. Like I, I'm, I'm still thinking, even the, in the version of this where you succeed, I'm still thinking of ending things. And there's all this conflict. When you bring me home to meet your parents, it's going to be awkward. It doesn't matter when you bring me home. You could bring it when, when they're young, yeah, right. later in life, you know, when you're going to have to take care of them. And how am I going to be in the picture when you're the one who has to feed your mom? <laughs> you know, that's still going to happen whether. But then that's his negative self-talk constantly yeah. breaking him down. Yeah. It's not the actual spirit of this woman. It's all his own um, uh, self-talk. Now, see. So, that, so I, that, think this, I think this girl in the Tulsi town is another version of that. Like even these students who I think mm-hmm. I, I connect with and have this kinship with at, at the high school, which I never speak to, um, right. even they would tell me this isn't going to work. And like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm no good for her. I'm no good for Lucy. Right. I'm taking- and, this, and this is where I think my anticipation of what I had probably misplaced my investment in the story kind of steers me away because to me it when I kept reading about other people talking about how this was about someone he wished he had talked to I was like well what the fuck are we um that's not how I read it um rather like that's not how I invested in it the lines that I thought were the keys was when she said, which uh, clearly are not because they don't line up with anything else, was when she says, when she, in her voiceover, she says, imagine we were going to this house, that I'm going to this house, and I'm going to have dinner, meet his parents, and do those stuff. God, imagine if this was actually a trip I made that it would work. Imagine if, like, she makes a thing like that where she's saying, 
I can you imagine a reality where I'm I'm on this trip and it actually is going well, and I want to be here, and so to me that rooted in me an investment in this was a relationship he had for a very finite amount of time, like there was a woman and he was with her, he did take her to this place, and then it just didn't. It, 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 perhaps on the way home, this is when things ended. And then he's replaying this whole kind of like, well, what if it had been when they were younger? What if it had been older or a different part of my life? Or what if I was a physicist or she was a painter? Or she was, and like trying to do all this stuff to make it work. And that's where I was invested in him trying to make sense of his life based on a failed relationship, not on a missed connection. And so then later when like, which when her fluidity of character was kind of like all over the place to where you weren't sure who she actually was. And you start thinking, was she an amalgamum of a bunch of different people? And then I'm going, okay, well that, that queers a lot of stuff now. Cause I'm now I'm, I'm trying to invest in, in, in someone who, who you don't even know at all. <laughs> and that's where I became really unmoored from the whole movie um, and and um, really wasn't feeling much after that. So I, I, I think that's where my, my misplaced interpretation early on kind of got the better of me in the last half. Uh, so I'm curious you what my your second... version of the movie. Right. I, I fell victim to what I always complain about other people's reviews, which is, no, uh, I would have done it. <laughs> yeah, the, and so that's why you solved like, the mystery, and uh, it was a different uh, yeah. right. And well, I thought I thought I'd I'd found the key element of of why we're even watching this. Someone trying to make sense of why didn't this work, and then you know, yeah, see, rather I, than why didn't I? Because because to me that had more resonance than the story of them meeting at trivia. Like that just seemed, I mean, I couldn't think that'd be just as fake as everything else I saw. And so like, but what was at least real was his initial desire, his desire to be with her in some fashion. And what I love, what I love so deeply about the movie, even if it's a misconnection or a failed relationships uh, uh, thing, what I love is that he's trying to put, Imagine her thoughts, but give her an agency of not being the fantasy manic pixie dream girl or whatever, but being someone who is genuinely unhappy with him, right? And like trying, and then trying to reason well, if I'm going to project into her that she is really unhappy with me and really. Uh, wanting all these other things that that I seemingly can't give her. Well, now how can I now make that um, uh, work? But then ultimately be like, no, you're still you're still creating a world for her and cutting her out of her own world building. And then it also go like, well, she's not even there anyway. And so that whole tragedy part of that's the tragedy that I was kind of alluding to earlier. And also the whole thing of like when she is basically cut out of everything, it feels so wrong. 
Like it just hurts. What do you mean when she's cut out of everything? At, at well, the, like, well, like at the well, auditorium it, scene. It, yeah, and even 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 seeing Jesse Plemons's name first on the credits hurt. You in quote, a way you're quoting me, I think. <laughs> I am. Well, that's from my I. Uh, on um, I my letterbox review. I I agree with you. It, really? it felt like violence. Okay. <laughs> when, That's exactly what it feels like. Yeah. It feels like violence. Yeah. It's exactly what it feels like. Yeah, yeah. Um No, but I it, it it hurt to see his I mean, I liked her in the audience. I loved the 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 uh, high school age makeup. I was just mwah, loved it. Yeah. Uh on everybody. Um and 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 I felt what he felt was true but also just like the fact that she has nothing to do with the end of the movie is feels so wrong and i feel like that's the point but like something just yeah okay so i doesn't land i um i i (laughs) yeah i i very much i felt the same way on my first viewing so when they get they get to the high school he leaves her she he goes inside because um, he's mad that future him is peeping at them through a hole in cardboard. It's not clear what's going on. Yeah, that was just a complete cut to something else. <laughs> that, that was a very David Lynch moment. So then he, when she goes in to find him, so this is a big diversion from the book. From When she goes into the high school, like this is like a major section of, of the book, of her hmm. trying to find him in the high school. And that gets okay. really truncated down in, in the movie. And what happens is... And it seems interminably, like, like her sitting in that car was just the most terrifying... Yeah. One of the most terrifying segments, segments I've seen this yes. year. That was scary. Movies. That was very scary. <laughs> very scary. And when she locks herself out of the car, it's like, oh, shit. Oh, Jesus. Uh, there's some F-bombs there. There's your F-bombs. Oh, that, there's your F-bombs. Okay. <laughs> I was so into it, I wasn't counting by that point. She... So she goes inside. She encounters the janitor, old janitor. He asks her what Jake looks like, and she's like, I can't remember. I don't know. I don't remember this guy. How do you remember a mosquito yeah. that bit you? And she retells the pub trivia point of view hmm. from the version of them that didn't connect, right? Oh. And there's, there's two ways to read that scene, I think. And one, one is was mine, which was I was just confused, <laughs> and it, and it didn't, and I was probably maybe I was just tired. Uh, it was late at night, and uh, it's a long movie. You could watch this as this is like this whole movie is old Jake, janitor Jake, fantasizing about what could have been, and realizing that it still wouldn't have worked out, right? Or right. Uh, and so this is him saying she's still this is this is what. This is what she thought about what really happened. And this is why, because of the roots of that were in there, my fantasy version never would have, could have right. happened, right? But that's also coming from a fantasy version, right? Because it's not coming from the actual Lucy. So the other, well, the, the other way to read this is, my preferred way to read this is, like, his fantasy version is fighting for independence the entire time, right? Mm-hmm. Is that he, he... Then the moments where she's like, oh, whatever you want, like, you know, I don't know Wordsworth, you're the smart one, you know, like right. that's the, he he's playing with that version. He also likes a version where she's smart and has all these different jobs because he likes the idea of being with a smart person, you know, someone who he could have these long conversations with, but then he's occasionally threatened by that, 
right? But I think part of that is like a lot of what we're seeing and why Jesse Buckley is giving such a sympathetic performance to the whole thing is that she is she's fighting for identity. She's like fighting for mm-hmm. independence, even within her even within his fantasy, she's like trying to establish her own identity. And it's slippery footing. And she doesn't know why it's slippery footing, but she's struggling. It's like it's a right. it's her struggle. Right? And and that's that's the appeal of the movie, really, is to watch her do that, but then to find out that, that we're not even watching someone. So are we so, are we saying I, I think that she is though. I think I prefer the reading where she is like. But she, yeah, but she, I, I would prefer it too if it could be possible. But it it's is not. possible. <laughs> it, it is possible that in his fantasy she still has, despite him, has has broke free. And in this scene where she's retelling the 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 pub trivia scene, it's like her victory. It's, this is where she wins, and she she frees herself for the fantasy. And is like no. No, he doesn't get, he's not, he's nothing to me a mosquito. You know, even in this fantasy world he's constructed, he's nothing but a mosquito to me. Like it's, it's nothing. Like he, I, I, I won't be bound up in his fantasy. But it would have to be him coming to realize that this is what this person needs and what all people need. At it's it's so not you can take the literal you can yeah. it depends on how literal you want to be with this movie right. which is very non-literal right like it's right. Uh, yeah. you know like i uh i i prefer i prefer that she this isn't his decision this is her decision in this moment right but i i i see that but that's why i think the movie fails because if it if that's what its intent is it's all fucked up <laughs> <laughs> Because well, where because, I think it sabotages it is like she ends that scene by deciding she has to go find Jake and calling for right, Jake again. Exactly. See, and that's like, what was cut so confusing. That, cut that second out. I know? need to. I need to find. I need to see that scene again because I did not read it that way at 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 all, and um, it, it it kind of just looked to me more like he was seeing this fantasy of her devolve in front of him. And just was like, this is never. This could never be because I don't know this person. You know, it was the exception of I don't because I I just don't I just don't know. She doesn't know me. I don't know her, and I wouldn't know who this. I don't know who this person is even enough to fantasize about her. You know. Yeah. So so we're, I think I think. What I see why you prefer that version, and I would too, because we've been watching her struggle for agency, for independence, for a command of her future the entire movie. So we want that for her, but but then the ending's all about she. Him. But yeah, well, it has to be because she's not real. <laughs> I mean, that person exists somewhere that we'll never meet. She's Truman showed like on the other side of the wall. You know, we'll never we'll never meet her. We'll never meet the real her. We'll never know what she's actually doing. We'll never know what she actually looks like. We'll never even know what her actual name is because it keeps changing. Right. It's not for us. Because this is all trapped in his own messed up psyche. And so we're still looking at what he's thinking about who she could be. 
if she was just a misconnection. I mean, she, he would have some semblance of either who she was or how wrong she was if they had started a relationship, but they didn't. Right. So this is where I kind of get, I'm not, I, I'm trying, I'm not trying to yuck your gum. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just trying to like, the movie really made me, um, it was maddening because I'm watching the character arc of someone coming to their own, but then that character is actually not a figment of imagination, but a a fabricated fantasy that he's trying to work out. And his fantasy will always tell him it's not ever going to work out, but his fantasy will be that she achieves some sort of uh, for self fulfillment of self, right? That she comes into her own and, and he will be left behind, which is something that I know I did fantasize about through everybody I ever pined for. It was like, I would pine for someone and say, they're going to go off and live a great life and that's going to be great. And I will just rot here in my bed at 13 years old. (laughs) (laughs) And that will be, that's the natural order of things. And that makes me happy. And so that I can get behind. But to say that I actually watched a woman come into her own and get agency, it's just, that's, that's crazy town because we didn't see that. We watched his version of her do that. I don't so know. Like, I think this is a movie about how your fantasies don't cooperate with you, you know? But that's like right. He, I'm saying it's your he, fantasy. But it's, it's not It's not your fantasy sinking through the matrix to another person and going, oh, no, because our fantasies don't align. It's all contained in his head. It's not anything outside of that. It can't be. Well, it, but it can. It's a movie. It can be whatever you want it to be. <laughs> I'm like, well... Yeah, you could sit there and say, you okay, could say like, fantasy like, um, comes to life and takes on a life of its own. You can there's absolutely that thing, say there's that. There's that thing where the movie completely proves there's a movie I can't remember what it is, but there's a there's a bunch of movies that do it where they completely prove that all of this was real, all of this wasn't real. End of story, and then something happens at the end in the real world where they got the unreal part of the world, like oh maybe. And even though it makes zero sense, it's trying to keep the possibility of magic alive, right? The possibility of an uh, otherworldly connection kind of like there are things we still don't understand in reality, but there's still this is the real world, but there could still be parts we don't understand leaving that door open. That's fine. But that I don't think that's how this movie was behaving. So I I, 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 I thought I it was I thought I thought if she if instead of going before we get to the ballet. Mm hmm. If she had, if I could make two edits to this movie, one would be <laughs> she gives her speech to go segue into the ballet instead of saying I gotta find Jake, Jake. Right. You know, she'd just be like, I have to get out of here. You know? Well, do you think she was? Yeah, exactly. I have to get out of here. Do you think she was trying to find? Well, she honestly couldn't. In in a way, she could say she I can't leave. I thought she was gonna say, Can I just wait here until the blizzard stops? I thought that's what she was going to say. And then I'll walk. I don't need him anymore. Yeah. But then she says, I got to go look for Jake. Do you think it's just to say goodbye? That she's not trying to like... Me, me, I, mean, I mean, that could be one way to do it. But I, uh, it was weird. In, it was like, oh, this is still going? In the movie logic, I think it's like she's just slipping back into... She's slipping identity right. again. You know? um, I don't think it was the strongest choice. So it wasn't an arc. It was a, it was a, a bow. 
Uh, like a like a bow and arrow, like a compound yeah. bow. I mean, it I, juts right back. I don't want to ascribe motivation yeah. to it, but it it, it seemed like a it might mm-hmm. have been just a lazy choice just to get her just to segue Down into that. I want to do this ballet scene, and now I have right. to get her from that scene to this scene. Now, now this is where I begrudgingly agree with A. A. Dowd in his. <laughs> In his uh, uh, review on the avclub.com, well, not review, but the part that says, let's talk about the ending. He's got an article that's like, can we talk about the ending of of uh, this movie? And he says, and since I didn't know about the book, and usually when I'm looking at movies, I kind of want to take it as its own and not think about what could have been or how it was initially. But the, as we said, the book... Apparently, uh, as you've read, can confirm probably, is that the book does kind of do a like reveal of this is what's real and this yeah. this is what's going on, right? It right. does like lay that out. Yep. yep. So right here, yeah. Kaufman decides to go the t- other way and double down on uh, not absurdism, but I disagree. Um, by the way, really. Yeah, I think it makes it very clear what's real at the end. Well, yeah, but I mean, but I mean, but it doesn't reveal it by snapping to like reality and saying, "Oh, this is this guy here, and this is this thing here, and and now everything." This was all, you know, we've removed everything, uh, and we're only showing you realism now. But instead, most of the end of the movie is in surrealism. Like it doesn't, it doesn't go directly to total realism. That's it. Well, it doubles down on well, the no, surrealism. Well, the book doesn't either. So the book doesn't oh, yeah. do that. I mean, the book makes clear what's real, but I'm, it doesn't. I'm sure if I read the book, I would disagree with A.A. Dowd, too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the book makes it clear. Sorry, you got some good points. The book makes I it clear do. what's real, but it doesn't say, okay, well, the Jake character and the Lucy character are gone now, and now we're just with this janitor. It doesn't do that. Right. You know? um, but the movie does for a brief period where we have the ballet, which really just plays out like these are the two paths that Jake could have gone on. He wanted to be the college guy, but janitor won. Janitor killed. Okay, so that's that's guy. what I was I was going to ask. For some reason, that didn't even land for me. Like I was uh, going to ask you, what does the janitor part mean? Like, so, like I thought the dance was beautiful. I love the ballet. Um, the 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 uh, ba- the dancer who was playing the young woman's role was just a- a- ethereal. Is the only word I can describe. She was. Amazing, good movie to be ethereal in. Yes, exactly. And but I didn't understand what the tale was trying to say. Oh, like I really didn't. This is one of those things. I was like, so the janitor stabs him. What? I mean, now that you say it, I'm like, duh. (laughs) (laughs) But the thing that got me was that then the janitor comes in at the end, the real janitor, and starts sweeping up the snow. Yeah. And so I, I was going, okay, so why, if the janitor is the guy, why is it? And now I'm like, now it makes sense. I'm like, okay. But, you know, after countless viewings of that ballet, it never clicked. Oh. So whether that's me, probably, I'm going to vote for that. Um, or the movie. Yeah, that didn't land. That's how I watched it. It was like, oh. And, and I a, think you're right. I yeah. think you were right. I think you watched it right. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, um, so except then following that. So everything that, we see the janitor finish his shift, right? And in, in my in the sequence I hate most in the movie. Okay. I don't hate anything in the movie except this sequence. He's all grunty, he's changing, he goes out in the truck. That's fine. That felt very real. That felt I felt I felt just like him 
like times of like in 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 Indiana or Chicago, like leaving or coming at like early morning cold. That was like very evocative. Great. Yeah. Gets out to the car. This is where I start. Gets to his truck. Getting mad. He's thinking of ending <laughs> things. And so he's like, "This is where I'm going to end it, right?" And so he he strips he strips down, gets naked, and starts starts reliving his childhood. He goes to a rebirth. I think this is another 2001 thing. You know, he becomes a big baby. I don't know. It just it just I don't know. The the I felt like the the stripping naked was not. It was more of a distraction than a something about it. Just nothing. No, like nothing sounds like what you're describing right now for me in this scene. <laughs> well, how did you see it? I don't know. It was nothing. It was just like. Well, first of all, maybe I was thrown by the fact that he sits down and he gets out keys, but he gets out the keys for the Oldsmobile that Jesse Plemons was driving. How do you know that? Now, because I drove an Oldsmobile Cutlass Sierra for years, and those keys are for the Oldsmobile, not for a truck. And I kept thinking, how many people in the fucking audience are going to know that? If they didn't drive Cutlass Sierras for 10 years. Oh, well, what so matters is he puts going, it on the seat next to him and not in the right. ignition. But they did show that those keys were the same keys that Jesse Plemons had. Okay. I because you, they did show that. the keys to come out. But they're, they're, they're very, they're not particularly uh, eye-grabbing keys, but they are a definite shape. And so I was very, I was like, oh, I'm looking at something I used to look at every day. You know, and so, but th- so I kind of knew like he had this kind of thing, and then set them down. So maybe I was just busy thinking about that, and then like, but that's not why a revelation. Hyperven- we already know he's Jake at that right. Point. And I'm sitting there going, "Why are you hyperventilating? Why are you watching? Why are you stripping down?" Like I was, <laughs> like I couldn't connect to anything that was happening. Um. And as you tell me, it's like, okay, yeah, he's. It's like I did not, I did not receive. Any hint that this is how he wants to end his life now? I'm like, is he having a heart attack? Is his mind just breaking in half because suddenly he's looking at, you know, Tulsi Town ads right now, and now he's looking at the pig? Like, I nothing, nothing made sense to me in this sequence when oh. he gets in the truck. So the whole to, I'm thinking of anything is the title of this movie is about suicide like that. Like your mind right, was I mean, bending I mean, towards that the whole time. No, not at all. Oh. I'm like, like, like this scene from, from he gets in the truck till the uh, auditorium scene to, to the beginning of you know, the time. this, none of this, none of this played for me. And so, and I think that's kind of the like. I, I look back on it now. I'm like, oh yeah, thinking of ending things. This is, this is him reconsidering all this before death. Okay, so was, you know, I'm glad it's not a Jacob's Ladder type of situation where it's this all this thing we're seeing. But still, I want something that felt like, I don't know, something that felt like anything. I, I really was lost. Okay. During this whole sequence, I didn't. Um, I, I loved this segment least. Yeah. But it did, it did, it did speak to me though. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad because yeah, I I don't want anyone to feel as mad as I was because <laughs> it's kind of like watching something so great and then and then people just give up. 
And I'm like, wait, no, no, you guys, you gotta, come on. You're so close. It'd be the hardest part to pull off. Um, yeah, you know. admittedly. And the admittedly. Tulsi Town animation, um, I could see why he did it. I didn't, I wasn't like impressed by, by I wasn't, I was impressed solely on the level of it wasn't something that was overtly you would read as overtly sexualized, but I could see how a child would sexualize it because they just have little things of like, it would kind of start on her breasts and pull out (laughs) like just very, just not subtly, but just enough for, you know, and like, you're like going and and then he's just like, I always, always let song make me cry every time. And like, I don't know, just something, something I could see it, but yeah, it didn't work. But then we get so so. Then he follows the. I don't even want to talk about the cartoon pick. I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> Oliver Platt. You like Oliver Platt? I don't. I do like Oliver Platt. I couldn't place him, so I didn't know. I didn't either. I must have instinctively known because I didn't. <laughs> I was like the pacing of this whole dialogue with the pig isn't isn't right. Like it's too. It wasn't. It wasn't or right. something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then so but they got to get him dressed because he's going into the auditorium. Jesus, you know I feel so stupid because it's like when he, I was sitting there going, "What is get him dressed?" And then we never see him dressed. What are we talking about? He's wearing a tuxedo. <laughs> I know, but I'm not thinking of him as that at that point. I'm thinking of him as like it's. Like, I know they're both they're both Jake, but it's like like. It's it's it was so confounding to me that I saw no connective tissue between that scene and the next scene. None. I'm like, we just watched, we just saw like a a turd come down the assembly line, and now we got this great freaking end scene, uh, and and a great ballet right before it, and I have no idea how the two fit together. <laughs> the song didn't uh, the song didn't cinch it for you. The Tulsi Town song? No, the the Oklahoma, the song you sing at the end. That the Oklahoma Jesse Clemens oh, oh, that I didn't yeah, know well, from Oklahoma because it's not in the movie, and I don't remember it being on the tape that my dad always played in the car. Yeah, I, I, um, I oh yeah, no, I thought it was great, um, and I, um, but that's what that song's I, uh, all about. It's about the the future that he dreams and the future that he got. Yeah, I I hate Oklahoma with a passion. Oh really? Um, I do. I, I I'm a musical theater guy, but I, I Oklahoma is the one I can't stand. And so once I was like, I was looking at it going, oh, oh no, they're singing Oklahoma. Is there a lot more Oklahoma just draped all through this movie that I'm? <laughs> and, I, and I'm just like, oh yeah, I bet there is. And because that little set that comes out is perfectly Judd's little hut, yeah, you know, a little shack or whatever hut, his little shack, and um, Judd hut. I, I really want pizza. That's all there is to. That's time for pizza. Let's go to the dairy hut. He perfect. Yeah, exactly. He he his performance of the song perfect. Oh yeah, he's blown away. His, by yeah, it was it was really uh, fantastic. Um, it's all a Oh yeah, the yeah, audience yeah. member jumps. Uh, yeah, exactly. Oh, it's perfect. Yeah. But then when it fades to blue, I literally was like, "No, no, 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 don't!" Oh. <laughs> and like at the end of uh, Snatch Key New York, I'm applauding. Into this movie, I was like, "No, no, not yet. Don't go away." 
And uh, I was like, you're going to end now, aren't you? You're just going to end. God damn it. <laughs> just mad. And what is it? What does it dissolve to? The, the car it dissolves the in the parking lot. That's where he. That's the in the tree, where he's covered in snow. Yeah, he died. He died in there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, that's all I was gonna also ask because I'm still too literally thinking. Well, he walked into the school, so why the fuck am I looking at this truck? Well, the, the cartoon didn't literally play into the windshield, right? I don't, well, there wasn't a projector. Else we saw today was real. There wasn't a projector set up outside the truck that played Tulsi know, Town can, for him. You can never can tell. Um, with, the, uh, with this writer, you don't know. Yeah, I know that, but like, I it just for some. That's just how I think this is emblematic of just how discombobulated I was from uh, after the dance to, to be like, just I don't like. These are very easy leaps to of logic to. Well, no, they're just basic inferences that I did not make. And then I have to say, this is a petty thing, but <laughs> pu- the credits. You you complained about the small credits earlier. It felt yeah. It felt like I was being punished for watching this at home when it's a Netflix movie. Uh, that didn't bother me. What did make me mad was that they keep you kind of kind of hear the snow, uh, like a snow shovel, like a plow or something, or someone throughout the whole thing, birds chirping, and then at the end of the thing, it dissolves. It, the blur goes away. The focus becomes crisp again, and you kind of hear a snuffle come a little bit closer for like a second, and then just a little digital, they digitally made snow fall off a branch, and then it ends. And I went, oh, fuck you, movie. I did not catch that. You make me wait. I'm waiting through this thing. Just end. Don't, don't give me this, there's nothing here bullshit. And like teeing it up the entire time with a little bit of scraping, like, oh, we're we're gonna maybe someone's gonna come over and find something else. There'll be a little another nugget for you here, and then at the end, ooh, ooh, we're gonna come back and there's more. No, <laughs> it's like fuck you, movie. That was mad. But I mean, I mean, because that was almost an insult to your own movie, as if to say, don't look too hard. There's nothing really here. But there was something there through the whole movie there was a lot there so why are you now telling me i'm stupid for looking closer you're looking closer oh. at the credits at the yeah because you listen to the shovel i don't i don't know i don't get i don't get where you're coming from like that they get uh, well, they're, they're gonna it's dig obvious a, that i it's obviously that i took a left turn into, to, into toontown <laughs> right after that ballet i mean because I, nothing else basic Basic film uh, 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 readings. I did not get. I, I just feel like we could come up with a, a dozen other examples where someone like builds tension right up to the point, and you don't get the closure, and you would love it. So I don't. Yeah, I don't know like, exactly. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. So what's as I was saying, this movie really challenges my criteria about what what I when I need things spelled out and when I don't, and I still haven't made sense of like what that line is. And, um, did you hate Mulholland Falls or did you like it? Wait, are you talking Mulholland Falls with Nick Nolte and Chaz Palminteri? Sorry, or are you talking Drive. Mulholland Drive. Mulholland Drive. As someone who loves to watch someone smoke, I loved Mulholland Falls. <laughs> <laughs> As Mulholland Falls, so falls. No, I Mulholland didn't Falls. like. Yes, Mulholland Falls. Um, I didn't like Mulholland Drive. You did not. I did not. Okay. And I, I, there's no better. 
Did you like Lost Highway? I I haven't seen Lost Highway. Oh. I've tried to watch it a couple of times. I don't think you're gonna like it. <laughs> I don't think I am either. Um, I I genuinely am not a Lynch. I I think this was, is proof positive why the Straight Story is my favorite David Lynch movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is thoroughly David Lynch, but it feels like a a movie. <laughs> I think you know. I I, I feel like I feel like. Um, um, I'm starting to think this. I think this is why I don't like dream logic see, built uh, into yeah. film. No, you don't. I mean, uh, yeah, I think we've... Because if I was dream a better, logic... If I was a better guide on this, uh, this is a Siggy episode, in case you couldn't tell. This, right. my, this movie was my choice. <laughs> you would have shut me up down a long well, time no, ago. Well, no, I think we could have like set the bar early with, like, <laughs> where are you in, like, David Lynch and dream logic movies? Because if, if you don't like dream logic now, movies, you're not going to like this movie. Like, you're not going to well, like I, the ending. It's funny, because I also criticize Inception for being a movie that is uh, uh, weirdly about dreams, but also so literal. God, yeah. Like, there's nothing dreamlike about that movie We almost at got all. through an episode without bringing up how we don't like yeah, the Christopher Nolan movie. <laughs> right. Well, stay tuned, folks. <laughs> I think are... I'm writing some whole songs about it. <laughs> but yeah, but, but no, it's very pertinent here because it's like, well, that's not good. But then I don't like... I mean, I find dreams fascinating... But I also know the dreams are trying. I think what makes dreams fascinating is the realization that you come to when you're in your waking life, and how you use that. Because if I'm just watching a movie where dream logic is running supreme, okay. So how how did anyone use any of that? So that's what how happens. Do I use that? That's what happens. The the movie ending is like you waking up and you thinking about the movie is you using what you saw in the dream. Ah, uh, well. So again, I wake up pissed off, wanting to kill myself. Great, <laughs> great movie. No, seriously. I again, I don't want to. I don't want to misrepresent myself. I really, I really like this movie. I'm, but at the same time, it's all hard for me to call it a good one. When I don't think the ending works, or hasn't worked for me yet, I, and so that's why I had to split it. I, I, I'm giving it three and a half stars out of five, even though it's better than that. But I can't justify giving it more. So when I first watched it, <laughs> I went to bed feeling much closer to how you were feeling, how you're feeling now, than how I feel. At this point, really, I would not have pegged that because I was I I had to think about what I saw, and it was it um, mm-hmm. it was such a left hook that that the sequence from him going back into the truck until the end, and I loved the auditorium scene, but it was like why yeah. why why those choices? Like how does this right. all fit together? And uh, it really did feel like. The Lucy character was just kind of sidelined at the end. It just right. as she's in the audience giving him the, you know, watching him give the speech, which uh, apparently is from A Beautiful Mind. I didn't, I didn't know I, that at all. I've not seen it, and I don't really want to see it. Wanna. Like someone, someone made. I think, I think that thing article I read said something that it was making fun of the bad age makeup in that movie, that scene in that movie. But I'm like, no. No, that's it was just, that's the brilliant aesthetic on its own yeah, right, in that, my opinion. Yeah, that was its own choice, uh, for sure. Um, it was very strange for Charlie Kaufman, one of 
the best screenwriters to borrow the words of Akiva Goldsman, maybe the worst <laughs> screenwriter. Obstensively the worst, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ed Wood's a better screenwriter, literally. <laughs> but I love I love I love the speech. I love the way it was used um, in the scene. But yes, Lucy's, it's Lucy's great. just watching him, right? And obviously this is the what if what if college Jake had won the ballet, had won the knife fight with with janitor Jake. Like yeah. this is the future that I, I could have had, right? And the, she would be a part of that. But part of what was appealing about his fantasy was that she had a mind of her own, right? And right. so he's got his medal for all of his accomplishments, which we don't know what they are at that point, <laughs> all of his many accomplishments. And when they cut to her, I'm like, I just wanted to see her have a medal too. Or maybe one for being a poet, one for being a nuclear <laughs> physicist, one for being a painter. And what if they had like the big word, like painter, poet, <laughs> nuclear physicist, rabies specialist, you know, like whatever. Like that was like right. the, the second edit I would have made is just to give her in that moment a sense that she did still have an independence and an agency and a life of her own. And, you know, you could decide whether that was within his fantasy or that was separate from her fantasy. And she's like, <laughs> the, the, the one that went off in her own branch is like visiting <laughs> this version. I don't know. Like, you know, uh, no. <laughs> my literal mind is wanting to kill you right now. <laughs> I, well, this is the dream. I, I think if you, if you put the medals on her, then you can, you can reach your own conclusion about what that means. You yeah. Can, you know, whatever I, I mean, works for you. I mean, to me, both the flaw and the brilliance of it is that I think the point of it is that she's cut out. It, 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 no, 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 no. Wrong. S -s misspoken. The point is to feel the pain that she's not represented. Truly represented. Right? I think that matters. Um, to For it to feel wrong. Um, uh, I, I would hope that's pur purposeful. But at the same time, I think um, the things that, that lead to that are, 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 I don't know, I'm just disappointed in, 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 in how a lot of that was handled. And I'm, I'm a little embarrassed about my, of, of my own behavior on this podcast uh, for, for be, getting so vehement when, I mean, clearly I wasn't on the right path or, or tr train of thought with this movie. And there is so much, it's, it's so brilliantly realized it just wasn't for you but i think, like I think well yeah i mean i mean i still like a lot of cats like um oh no that wasn't cassavetes <laughs> that's a movie he was acting in not mikey and nikki which that and uh who, whose life is it anyway that was john badham um but i oh, i was trying to say so cassavetes I mean, for I, me is like dream logic and that i don't or um uh, i don't enjoy it while i'm like your version of describing uh, dreams, where I, I don't enjoy it while I'm watching it, but then I love thinking about it afterwards. <laughs> um, I would encourage everyone to look up uh, on YouTube uh, David Mitchell of uh, Mitchell and Webb, who did these um, uh, little webisodes, not webisodes, like little video uh, essays for The Guardian called David's Soapbox. They're all great. And one of them he did was called was a was it's basically him you know being very British and complaining about things, <laughs> but also you know giving this great perspective on certain things, 
And one of them he did was about being in the moment and how agonizing the uh, incessant need and demand to live in the moment is that is thrust upon everybody. It's and, uh, very trendy right now to be right. Yeah. Live in the moment, not now, not then, now. That that was all. Now you have to be now, and then you have to to, to be, don't plan ahead, don't look in the past. Now to be present, and, to be present. and present. he he talks about like how like uh, this is very evident in sports games. It's like it's like how do you judge how you if you enjoyed yourself uh, if you're constantly if you're only judging by the moment because. This is also this is very most like during sports games. Like if I'm watching a game and we're leading the whole time, I'm having a great time. But then at the end of the game, they lose. I'm suddenly sad. Now at the I walk away angry and sad. Did I have was a good time? Well, ninety five percent of the time I was having a blast. But at the end. I was not. Same thing. You could have, if it was reversed, if, if your team is losing horribly the whole time and you're miserable for three hours and at the very end they pull it around and do an upset, you think, oh, that was a great game. <laughs> but you were miserable most of the time. And then he goes, and then he said, and then it's like that movie Mulholland Drive. I'm watching Mulholland. And this, he perfectly sums up Mulholland Drive for me by saying, I am so intrigued with everything that's happening, the lies, everything, I'm wondering where it's all going to go. And then it just sort of stops. <laughs> and doesn't go anywhere. And I go, okay, so is this, did I have a good time at the movies? I was engaged. I was enthralled. I was really active and, 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 uh, and curious. But now I'm deflated. So was it, did I have a good time? I disagree that and the so, movie doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. But we're not going to get into that. We're not gonna get well, into also, that. I can give you proof that it doesn't. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I'm wrong. No, it's not, it's, not, it's not proof. I was just going to say Mulholland Drive was meant to be a pilot that didn't, that didn't get picked up and got somewhat expanded yeah, into a feature. So, ostensibly, they're setting up a bunch of stuff they didn't intend to pay off and then didn't. So... <laughs> Kind of right there proves that it didn't go anywhere. I think it does go somewhere, but we're, we <laughs> yeah, I'm that sure. Yeah, I, I, I know it does. It's just not 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 the type of uh, not a, not a good time for the old WC. That's all. Well, I will keep that in mind before selecting any more <laughs> Dream Logic movies for you. Watched it wrong. The podcast where sometimes we agree, sometimes we see movies very differently. <laughs> And that's the beauty. That's the beauty of it. Two people sharing ideas and one browbeating the other one into not liking what they like. <laughs> or trying. I, was, I wasn't trying. I'm just I'm trying to voice my frustration with my own experience. Oh, well, you didn't browbeat me into you. not liking something I liked. So Good. I'm, that's, you that failed makes me at very, the thing you did not try to do. That makes me very happy. Despite saying you did it. Um, so, well, that's for comedic effect. It would be funny if I said I wasn't. <laughs> if you want to tell us uh, what you think about Dream Logic movies or how you uh, saw the ending or any other part of I'm Thinking of Anything, send us an email to you watch it wrong at happypanic.net. We're also on uh, Twitter uh, where the color blue matches the, the color that is dissolved to and faded to. And uh, Is that a carpet match the drapes kind of thing? What's that? <laughs> Yeah, 
Yeah. I don't understand. (laughs) See, I don't understand this either. I'm broke. My mind is broke. (laughs) Uh, What I'm trying to say is that the the movie's all about Twitter. That's what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Okay. We're on You Watched It Wrong, at You Watched It Wrong, um, with the letter U. We're on, got a Facebook page. Put something on there if you feel like it. Or don't. I don't care. Nobody ever does. Why should you be the first? (laughs) Why should you be different? Yeah, fuck you, fans. Wait till... Wait till it's popular and then jump on the bandwagon. Why not? Yeah, there you go. So we're going to dissolve to blue. Think any other movies that you can think of that uh, fade to blue? That was a new one on me. I liked it. Uh, Truman Show kept popping in my mind, but I don't think uh, it's probably I didn't fade to blue. Maybe it goes to that fake sky. Oops. That's what I was thinking, yeah. Oh, quick question. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I know you were in the wrap-up. Quick question. Uh, Adam Driver singing in Marriage Story versus Jesse Plemons singing in this. Which one's better? Adam Driver. That's not, even, that's not even close. That's one of my favorite scenes of all time. Right. Just, uh, I was curious. Yeah. I, mean, I was just curious how that, how that weighed up. Although I have, both of those scenes I have gone back to watch multiple times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and, yeah. Uh, no, 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 no short shift on Jesse. No. Clemens. Not at all. No, he's amazing. All. It's an amazing scene. Again, it's an it's amazing like, performance. <laughs> it's like saying, it's like shitting on George Harrison for not being... John yeah, Lennon. no, it's great. It's one <laughs> Why of the, would you do that? It's one of my favorite scenes of, of the year, of yeah. 2020. Yeah, Adam, yeah. Adam Driver singing uh, Being Alive is just one of my, one of my favorite scenes ever. So no, uh, no knock on, on that for sure. Okay, so. Good. I any, feel good tra- giving you more things you love. I like it. I feel better. I feel better. Uh, I'm going to give you the last word. Uh, give us the last word before I give us the stupid joke. Let's not do time bandits. Because <laughs> I, fear, I fear I might repeat myself. Do you want to give us a, a teaser preview on what we're going to be talking about next episode? Oh, I wanted to. You know? <laughs> i tell you what. You know what? Would I, would I as, as a penance for my behavior tonight? Your behavior's fine. Maybe I You're should. You're allowed to uh, feel well, how you feel about a movie. I, mean, I know. I just. I was. I was just trying to voice the depth of my feeling rather than trying to uh, correct, quote unquote, someone else's view. I never want to be perceived that way. And I'm watching. I. I'm glad. I see you so well, but I. I do see a little. You know, a little bit of slumping. <laughs> that made me feel bad. That made me feel bad. Because if well, just that, you know, knowing that you just hate dream logic movies, like, oh, I wish I'd known that up, up front. You know. Well, no, well, that makes a good discussion. We've done several movies in a row where we both like this is really good. So, I mean, this is a nice uh, uh, a contrast to that. Um, in a weird way, I think this might be the reason why we haven't done Midnight Special yet, because <laughs> it would <laughs> you be don't your want, chair. You don't want me to, to pop your no. Bubble. <laughs> well, not, it's not. I hadn't thought about it until just now. <laughs> 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 you confront me with all the reasons why I should. Anyway, that was passengers. Um, that was what? That was passengers. That was passengers. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> oh, so we're even. Good. Okay, good. Next time we're doing heartbeeps with Andy Kaufman and Bernadette Peters, Christopher Guest. Nah, <laughs> You're going to pay penance by punishing me. I love it. <laughs> I was going to say do penance by doing uh, something I've been teasing about doing for a while, which was doing La Ventura. Because ah, I, you want to punish I, yourself. <laughs> I hate La Ventura. I hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it, 
hate it, hate it, hate it. Something like that. And so, I don't think I have hate it in so there. So obviously you want to watch it again to prepare but for But I also saw it when I was 19 years old. Yeah. And so... Uh, I was the guy arguing that uh, we should be studying Die Hard, <laughs> you know, instead of, you know, what we were watching. And so, like, you know, I, I maybe now that I'm older, uh, looking at it differently, I might, uh, I might see something different. Okay, is that looking for growth, looking for change, or I could be right and just say, no, this, this is a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> Okay. Well, Who knows? I'll, I'll, but I, I don't know. I haven't decided yet. All right. That'll that's up in the air. So uh, if you want to try to convince Wade to <laughs> subject himself to a movie he <laughs> loathes, and you, and you, email us at you watched it wrong at happypanic.net. <laughs> and if you were thinking of ending, I am thinking of ending things before you got to the ending of I'm thinking of ending things. I'm thinking you watched it wrong. <laughs>